Previously on AFTN. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? Zach's not coming. He's stuck in Seattle. Michael's in Portland. I don't know if this was app's gonna work. I have to talk and push buttons at the same time. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, it's episode 292. And as you'll have heard at the start of the show, Steve had a bit of a panic attack last week. (laughs) We are going to actually auction off his underwear later in the show just as a a, a fundraising thing. I don't know if that's going to (laughs) work. Well, just to... The ones you're currently wearing. Oh, okay. we'll do that. Anyway, I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're upbeat because the White Cats got a point yesterday. That was one more point than they had to, to start the day, according to Robbo. It's a. Uh, there's a lot of things that we are going to or might talk about this evening that yeah. are really enraging. Yes. And not enjoyable. No. It wasn't a, it wasn't a fun Saturday. I, I was more disappointed that I decided to cut my holiday short because I didn't want to miss this match, whereas I could have had an extra three days down the Oregon coast away from all this smoke. Well, to be fair, the match itself... It was entertaining. It, it, yes. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, the second half was good. Yes. Yeah. Last five minutes of the second half. Yeah. Last five minutes of the first half. Yeah. Robo did describe the White Cat's performance in the first half as awful. Yes. Which we will we'll come to that. Was that a generous description? Anyway, it was a bit of a roller coaster of a match. It was really up and down. The Red Bulls came out all guns blazing. Yeah. I mean, it looked bad. First five minutes, you're kind of thinking, yikes, what, what's got in store? I, I actually had a, I had a low tire pressure on a different tire than last week. Okay. So I was actually late to the game. Oh. Like I walked uh, as we, we certainly were, heard you later in the game. We were talking about that. Yeah, well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> Some people needed to be told what they were doing wrong. Yeah. Um, no, we were walking up to the stadium and someone outside was like, hey, it's already 1-0 dead bull. And I was like, oh, great. You, you just got back in your car and went No, home. no, no. We, we fought back. We took the lead. Somewhat unsurprisingly, we actually equalised, because that caught me by surprise. Totally different team in the second half. We'll come to that. Then we did so well. We actually, it was, actually, it was not totally different team. It was just one player different in the second half. Ooh, yeah. We blew it late on. 
against 10 men. As I said to kick this bit off, Rob will spin it post-game that was one point more than they had when they started the match. Which is true. Why do you yeah, get mad at that? I know. It's it, true. Factually correct. No fake news here. I look at it, though, as two points lost, which was my first question to Rob on the scrum. And then a bit later on in his presser, he said, some folk will say it's two points lost. And I, yeah, oh, that, that was, was me. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is two points lost. Oh, though. it has to be. Consider that. Um the, uh, all, and uh, considering the goodwill they had from last week's Portland game, where everybody was thinking that's that's the game they're going to throw away, when going into this, you're okay if you come out these two games with four points. Yeah, but once you win that Portland game, then you're salivating, going, "Oh my God, we get six out of yeah. six at the, these wait, two games." Wait, wait, wait. Belief was high. Yeah. Why, why are we talking about Saturday? There was no there was no post game coverage of Wednesday. We are going to come you, to you, that oh, you in, wanna... in part three. I know. I saw it. Why are we not talking about that first? Because we, it All right. goes with the flow into part three. Oh, I, and I'm gonna, I, I'm I didn't have want to break, start off super difficult. I'm going to have to leave because I was on vacation. I didn't get a, get a chance to catch the game, so I can't hear any spoilers. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to avoid the game. Okay. I'll, I'll walk out for that segment. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> the, a trophy was don't, raised. Don't, don't tell me. Okay, saw, don't I, tell me who raised it. That's all I'll say. Oh, man. I don't know who raised it, actually. I didn't watch that far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now you just gave it away. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how do you know? You didn't see what I did. <laughs> I saw what you did. <laughs> I made the universal symbol for... Uh, Baldness. <laughs> right, well, yeah, right. Portland. They were cock-a-hoop in the locker room last, last weekend. It's like the team was buzzing. They went for voodoo donuts after the game. Feel that may explain Wednesday's match. <laughs> but... The donuts or the food? Hey, I've had a few donuts from Voodoo Donuts in my time. You do not feel like running around in the heat after after that, or doing very much. Blue Star Donuts, anyway, is the place to it's go. It's a better place. I yeah. tried to explain that to them, but they are also closed at that time of night. Yeah, but the belief was there. Then Toronto sapped all. Oh, sorry, Steve. It's, <laughs> Toronto sapped all that belief out of them. That's okay. It's no, already okay, but the, the crazy thing was, because actually I just was just listening to the, some of the post-game stuff from Portland on the way over here. Um, one of the crazy things about that game was just like everyone bought into the plan. Mm. Everyone was at or above their levels. As Stefan Marinovic said, they felt like defending for the first exactly. time in what seemed like forever. Exactly. It was crazy. They even and had five back there at one point. And then to have two games in a row of not that is yes. very discouraging. I mean, what, what, what does blowing a lead against 10 men at home in a game that, frankly, you had to win, especially when you're 89th minute, 90th minute, what does that do for a team mentally? Or is You do get the impression with this team that they're... It, nothing faces them. Does this do anything to them mentally? Well, obviously we'll find out next Saturday. But the the thing is, though, and maybe we'll talk about this later on, it's not – there's more going on with this team than just results and just training right now. Oh, yeah. So it, it, you wonder how much that plays a role in this, right? Yeah. I was looking for a song called Dead Men Walking, but maybe we'll There's a movie. That. There's a movie. Yeah, we'll save that for another. We week. made a little thing for Chivas. Do you remember that? We made for Chivas? Oh, no. Dead Club Walking? Oh. With the Don Garber's face and a goat. <laughs> you don't remember that? It's you beautiful. can save that for Columbus. Right, let's get to the game. Starting lineup 
it was understandable that there was changes because yep. there's been a lot of games. Some of the players just the knackered. Yeah, knackered. Is that what you say? Leggy, which seems to be the N word. Yeah, I like knackered. Yeah, knackered does it for me. But even with those changes, this was a team that looked knackered in the first half. <laughs> yeah. Alfonso Davies looked dead on his feet, and we were like, oh, there's no way he's going to make it to the end. Yeah. Then had a resurgence in the second half. And I, I was saying to you, like, if they can't, he can't do anything against uh, the Red Bulls, what's he going to do against R- RB Le- Leipzig? Yes. When he's with Bayern Munich. Exactly. Well, I think, I think at halftime he might have had some good old Cascadian Canadian beaver buzz. Yes. You had your nice beaver t shirt on. Oh, I should have brought Pop Will Eat Itself Beaver Patrol to play. Oh, that would have been fair. Yeah. Might get thrown off the air, but yeah. Don't drink if you if you're an energy drink. If you like energy drinks, don't drink Dead Bull. Drink Beaver Buzz. Drink but, from the Beaver. Cup. But as they say on their site, only drink one a day. Yeah, that's what Beaver Buzz says. Yeah, they say that. Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah. Huh. It's a warning. Anyway, any surprises for you in the starting lineup? Uh oh, I think some people. I don't know. If surprise is the right word, but they were concerned that. Juarez went straight back in the team, even though it was a, obviously a high rotation game. I expected him to because he was full of rest, so obviously he would be like playing up right it. up to his levels. Yeah, uh, the, yeah he, he was off at half the, time. It has worked in other matches, I think, this yeah. year, him and Felipe together. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it was really poor. What, what about Hurtado up top? I felt he deserved to start. Yeah. I would have maybe liked to have seen him beside Kai. Kai yeah. 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 But that was never gonna happen. No. Especially because Kai had played so played so much. Yeah. And you want you you wanted some creativity in the middle, so that's why you put Jordy there. Yeah. We're gonna kinda come later on the show as to what is the best team and can you fit the players you want in that team? Because it, it does look a bit complicated. Now. I think I have my best eleven for yeah. sure. Does Robo? That's a big question though. Now, it didn't take long, as we said, for Red Bulls to, to get on the board. You sadly missed it in person. I'm sure you've relived the horror yeah. online since. Okay. Five minutes. Yeah. Who Who do you blame for this one? Well, obviously on every goal, there's multiple people. If you watch the different faces. Yeah. I do want to say and give full credit to Bradley Wright Phillips because that ball he played into the box... That is a ball that is going to give any defense and, nightmares. And it was it was at an angle. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't a square ball. No. And it was curling. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird the way the movement was happening on that ball. Beautiful yeah. On top of that, we know Michael does not give Englishmen compliments. No. Easy, so you know yeah. he must mean it. And but, then you got yeah. a German on the other end of it. No. He, Austrian. Austrian. Come Sorry, on. I, I know. I know. They're kind of the same. <laughs> no. I was That's having I this discussion with Isaac yesterday. <laughs> I was just kidding. I, I, I purposely did that yeah. to you. Uh, but, uh, but He's he, the most famous German you can think of. He is Austrian. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, but but uh, he, he, he made a perfect run, I thought, and oh, it was right there true. to meet the ball. Obviously, Norwiski yes. and Marinovic couldn't get to it. Well, Kendall, okay. lost it. Kendall, Kendall left it first of all, yeah. which I think and Aaron Mond, was right. I think Aaron Mond lost Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, which you don't expect mm. because Aaron is more athletic. Aaron Mont was a little bit up the, the pitch. I think, wasn't he chasing him? He was, think, he was chasing back from being up yeah, the pitch. Yeah, exactly. okay, but, but Kendall left it because he didn't want to put oh, it in his own net after right. Daniel Henry. Okay, I'm glad you brought that play up because I feel like on this play and on that play, I and you guys can disagree, feel free to disagree, I don't like Marinovich's, I don't like Stefan's, uh, decision making on either of those to come for yep. to come for them. I mean, Jake held his hand up after the match and said it was his fault as the defender. He should have got to. For me, if a keeper has committed himself, yeah. 
and the keeper has to yeah. call off Jake and go, that's my ball. Yeah. It's both both those and goals. The, the, but yeah. the thing is with Marinovic yeah. is also he he was backing up and then the ball came in and he had to quickly get forward. And I think yeah. that, that maybe delayed him. If he was more in one spot, then I think he might have been fine. It, it looked like he didn't want to take out Norwinsky because right. he could have got hurt. Norwinsky could have got hurt. Yeah. You just have to go for it at no. that point. Yeah. And I mean, Royer had the easiest to tap in. Yeah. He's on form just now. It was a great Red Bulls goal. And you felt the same thing on the Daniel Henry own goal. Yeah. If he's on his line, I think he gets a hand to it. <laughs> I, I still feel like Kendall could easily have booted it out of play. But yeah, it's a risk. It could have gone anywhere. I was concerned at that point because given Red Bulls the lead, dangerous team, best defensive record in all of MLS... That looked a long way back for the Whitecaps, and it felt like a long way back. Reyna had a good chance that was kind of parried over. Yeah. That was a good passing play. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lovely move and a a lovely, well-struck shot, but that was the only thing the Whitecaps offered. Did not see them getting back into the game. Then Kendall comes up with a fantastic header, powering home, Jordi Reyna, corner in. Parker, I feel maybe could have done better to get to that. And of course... Kendall's right behind him to, to head home. Great well, goal. The thing is, well, Kendall, he was at the top of the box and he weaved in between yeah. a couple of defenders. He lost his guy, yeah, he did weaved well. in and then got right between Robles and, and Parker and was able to obviously get higher than Par- a Parker and then got in front of Robles who didn't have any chance at the ball at all. It was a great header. If you heard Kendall's comments after the game, part of, partly I think how he was able to score both his goals is the way he interacted with Dead Bull's zonal marking. And so that was the key. So you talk about the weaving and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's finding the pocket, finding the space within the zonal marking. And but he, he was... He had clearly he was, done the research. But it seemed yeah. like he was marked by a, a specific person that was going to supposed to slow him down a little, and he got out of, out of his... So uh, maybe it was a mix, a combo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he did great, and it was... For both the goals, and we'll come to the second one shortly, but it's delivery that's been lacking. So much this season. Well, well basically, it's been yeah. lacking since Bola left. Yeah, or Bola's first season in particular. And it's interesting if you look at the the technique used used on each goal, where they were different, right? The, fir- yeah. the second one was that flutter kind of ball, which I usually yeah, it was a lovely ball, which I usually hate. I usually those think those are terrible, but it worked out well. I mean, well, let, let's come to the second goal. Kendo again, Felipe with a corner in. Afterwards, Parker felt he had been held down by Waston. I didn't think he had been he put his hands watching on it. But then watching the replay yeah. today from one of the angles, he does have his hand on mm-hmm. his shoulder. That is possibly a fair enough call, but not clear and obvious enough uh, for that. Apparently not clear and obvious. Yeah. But the thing is, before that goal came in too, the Red Bulls had a chance to get back in the game. There was oh, yeah. there was the well, they header. Had, they had two. They had the one that was like a, 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 a hockey, hockey scramble. Yeah, in the front yeah. of the in the front of the net. And which, then there, if you watch closely, Aaron Morn just falls on the ball towards the end, which yeah. was fantastic. It yeah. just like did a belly flop basically. And then the other one was the Bradley Wright Phillips, where he was in and alone. Yeah, that was a and good save by Marino. Yeah. Speaking of Aaron Mond, he's played quite well. He has next to Kendall this, this year. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I think it's between him and Henry at this point to be... Who, well, who, let's come to that later. Okay, yeah. okay, sure. I mean, the Caps, I said they looked like a different team, as you pointed out. There was just one player that was different, which was the halftime sub Juarez went off, Tybert came on. At, afterwards, Robo did mention that he expected more from Effie, having been rested, but he was leggy. 
Another guy that's leggy. What Wait, is happening? Who, who? Oh, Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Tybert came on and again looked good. I read uh, uh, one comment I read about, about Rusty was he did 90 minutes of running in 45 minutes to partially make up for Warriors. Oh, it's like Hurtado winning Man of the Match when he came on against Toronto. Oh, yeah. 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 Doing all that running. But, I mean, Davies had a new lease alive. The team played differently. Was it just that goal that that gave them that spur? Or, I mean, what, what causes a team to, to look like they're on fumes and suddenly turn it around? Well, I think part of it, you have to give credit to the coaching staff, the halftime team talk, right, of changing things a little bit, partly personnel, uh, putting them, in this case I would say maybe putting them back on the game plan if they weren't really on it in the first half. And so I think mm-hmm. you have to give some credit to the, for, to the coaching staff for that. You uh, Obviously it didn't, it wasn't held on for the for the full 45 minutes plus extra time, or to sorry, time added on. But, yeah. Yeah, don't um, you start calling it extra time. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, let's get to the the two bookings that reduced New York <laughs> Red Bulls down to 10 men. I've got some interesting thoughts on those. Yeah. First one, well, b- both by Marillo, both on Alfonso Davies. First one, 69th minute. Cynical as hell. Yeah. Did not go for the ball. It, it didn't deny a goal-scoring opportunity. You could class it as reckless, but you might not. But he knew what he was doing. And the fact for me that he didn't go for the ball, I see that as a straight red. When you've seen well, some of the for other For me tackles. too, and I talked to you about it at the time, that if you if you have a player on the ground and say he, uh, he kicks out at somebody. Yeah, that's, like, a straight that's, red. Straight red. yeah that's yeah. a straight red. Yeah, that's a straight Well, he was, he was, he was standing up yeah. and doing it. So that's a straight red. The ball was nowhere close, and he took a major swing at yep. Alfonso Davies' knee, leg area. But so and that you, was you could even say his studs were up as yeah, well. Yeah, so essentially Showing. for me, that's that's a red card. I hundred yeah. percent agree with you. A lot of folk didn't think so afterwards. Yeah, I do. I saw some people on Twitter mm. saying, "No, no, it should have been a yellow." Uh, in the ground, thought it was absolutely red. However, going back to the Voyager's Cup game when Felipe got it off, I thought there's no way that's a red. And then I watched the replay later. For, uh, I watched in the in the ground a replay. And I was like, "That's no way that's red." And then I watched it again, multiples. And I was like, "Okay, I see he got him." You see the you saw the video online yeah. of all the marks. Okay, whatever. This this I saw on the ground is red. I watched the replay. To me, it's absolutely a red card. Yeah, I agree. There, and that's not being biased. No, that's just. There's no, I would say the same if it was our guy totally. doing it to a red. There's no guy. intent to play Off the ball. The air, you would say that, not on the. Air. <laughs> there's no intent to play the ball. And, and he's taken down from behind, yeah. right? And the other thing, which multiple people have talked about, is he could have could the ref not have given him a yellow for the for the initial tug, yeah. and then another yellow? Exactly. For, like he should have been off. Yes, he should have been off. It was well, he was sent off fifteen minutes yeah. later. I don't actually think no, that, it was that was a booking. Was, yeah, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you. It's makeup yeah. ball. It, it was. No matter what angle you watch it from, there doesn't seem to be no. enough contact. Which then Davies is going down, clutching his face. There was maybe a little bit of shoulder to shoulder. I didn't see anything hitting Fonzie's face. Yeah, it was harsh, but it was a makeup, and I, he deserved to be off at some point. Yeah, it, it, it was a borderline yellow. 
it was like some referees would give that as a yellow, some might not, mm. but I think it was a borderline because it wasn't a definite yellow for I, sure. I didn't go back and look at it again because I was so disgusted by the, by the first one. But to me, it felt like it felt like uh, even if it was shoulder to shoulder, Michael, it was too reckless and too too much force. You know what I mean? Like, and sort of. Even if it didn't get him in the face, it did, I think, stop his run. Yeah, kind of and I so, think that's where maybe that's, yeah. that's where it's a borderline yellow for me. In a lot of ways, it would maybe have been better if they hadn't been reduced <laughs> to 10 men. <sighs> they might have scored two goals. Yeah, I'd, I'd said to Steve before the setting off, I fancy New York to get a second. It just had that whole feeling about it because they were so out of the game that you just thought they're going to get one chance. This is a team that just needs one chance and bang, they're going to get it. Now, there's a whole thing. Why can't the Whitecaps play against teams that have gone down a man? We go down a man often enough to know how a team's going to play because that's how we play. We just seem to struggle. And I guess, right, talking about the equaliser, first thing for you, was it a foul by Kendall to give away the free kick? Yes, Robo said afterwards it wasn't. That's well. That's a really, to me. Doesn't really surprise me that. Would okay, say that. Uh, this is the one where he goes up over the guy, right? He yeah. goes up, his knees and the guy's back, yeah. and he gives him a shove. I didn't. I, see I don't see sh- how that is not. A, I didn't see the shove because I didn't see a replay of it. Mm. But I definitely saw the knee. Yeah. Uh, it, like open the, play, you can see that in the stadium from the other end of the the ground. I, it felt harsh, and then when I heard when I heard the coach's comment, I thought, oh, that's kind of reaffirming. So I didn't look at it again, but. For you, for, it was. For me, no, it was a free kick. It was. It was oh, every, oh, yeah, definitely every, a free kick. Um, every day like, of the week. Like, like, I agree with you. Like the, And the thing is, if he had just gone up, because he definitely towers over, I think it was Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah, and as Robo said, he was being penalized for his height, and that's not his fault. No, it's his parents. No, because, no, he could have got up, and he could have headed that ball away without having his knee up. Yeah. I think he could have easily got yeah. to the ball. So that knee being up, that's just, uh, I don't know if you want to call it lazy foul or... Just not thinking it's at that time. It's just such a stupid challenge at, at that time of the game. And then the spot. <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was, the 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 ball that was whipped in yeah. was fantastic. It yeah. was, again, it was great delivery. Adams, what's his first name? The, the the young kid from New York? The center center midfielder. Uh, uh, Terry? No. Tony. No. To- Tony. Tony. No, no I don't know. Terry. <laughs> I'll look it up. What, sh- what is that shirt you're wearing? Urasai Yatsura. Oh, what is that? A it's band? a Glaswegian Tyler. Band. Tyler, Tyler, I knew Tyler, it was a T. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, good old Tyler Ty Adams. A lot of folk initially were blaming Shea for yeah. losing Royer. Uh, we had an interesting discussion <laughs> with, with somebody after the match who we won't see who. He was asking us, who do you blame for the goal? Shea, we said. No. Yeah. Alfonso Davies. Yeah. Yeah. And watching it back when yeah. I got home... Fonzie lost his man. And he knew Absolutely. It. He yeah, knew it. Yeah, and he his was reaction like, he was, was like, like, oh. And Shea knew it as well, because Shea, yeah. if you look at Shea, just stick so, okay. towards so, Fonzie. So again, multiple people can be blamed for multiple things on, on goals. I know, I like that. I like that. Uh, Shea's like, it's him. It's him, Robbo. It's him. <laughs> it wasn't me. Don't yell at me, Southsiders. <laughs> um, it, uh, even though it was Davy Davy's player, I still think Breck Shea should do better on that. Yes, but yeah, he should have done better. But Davies lost his man yes. to begin with. Yeah, to I, even if Davies had tracked back though and saying that, I am not sure that anyone would have stopped Roher getting that ball. But it was a good finish, two-two. 
absolute nightmare. That's our thoughts on the match. We're going to hear from the coaches in part two, and we will bring you all that after this. Hi, guys. I'm Aaron Mon. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Crisis hits New York. I saw a blind man. He was eating his fork. He said, that's what you had to do to be Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. That was the Frank and Walters there with Fashion Crisis Hits New York. Very fashionable looking coaches yeah. yesterday. Robbo wearing that satanic goat's head top of again? his again. Yeah. That's giving me a weird look. The black thing? Yeah. It's got the, the ram head on it. It's an English brand, but oh. it's like a satanic ram's head, I feel. I feel he's made a deal for the devil to be undefeated these last four games. And then uh, Not Chris- a great deal, because obviously we've had two draws in that. Anyway, back to the game. <laughs> 24 hours or so have passed since that late goal. I was trying to think of a nice way to say it. Anyway, the Caps, they're unbeaten in four matches, as I I mentioned there, because of the the deal with the dark side. They're facing the the worst team in the league for the the next two weeks. Is that reason for optimism? Or is it hard to shake the gloom after this one? And Wednesday. It's tough to see because they haven't won in San Jose, if I'm not mistaken. They've never won there. They've tr- tied quite a bit. They've won. I've seen some horrendous games at Buck Shaw there. Yeah, uh, but no. there was that blood spare game uh, that they had. The Remember what the game? blood spare when blood they had the, when they had the blood on the kit and they had to borrow a kit from a, oh, a supporter. Yes. Yeah. That so, was because of blood. Wasn't it because of blood? No, it was because I think they forgot some kids or something. <laughs> oh, maybe that was it. I don't know. How, yeah, I don't remember. Then I'm not very. Cool, but they they call it a they blood spare when they have didn't, extra. Didn't hits. they like take Chris Deal's jersey and yeah, like they did. and then they give him a charge? <laughs> it, it was all meant to be kept quiet as well. Yeah. And it's like don't we, we don't want this to get out. And then someone someone messaged me and went, "Hey, guess what's happened to us all?" So I put it out there. Anyway, let, let's hear from both head coaches now. You've heard our thoughts on on the game, so we'll hear first of all from Chris Armis. Steve had a uh, long to, to chat to him, and then we'll hear from Robbo. Who are the Warriors? So, coach, an up and down game there. Um, you ha- you guys dominated the first half a lot. Um, then had the late. You goal to the white caps, then you at the beginning of the first half, second half looked like you were going to get some goals in. How did the game go for you in your eyes? Yeah, it's a strange one because you know we, we thought in many ways we controlled the game in the first half, especially in, and to come in right before halftime down, uh, you know, giving up giving up the, the set piece goal. It's, it's disappointing for sure, but um. And we're still okay. You know, it's just they're they're dangerous on set pieces. They've always been with with Waston, you know, and, and you give them a lot of credit. You know, we we knew coming in that would be a difficult challenge, even with uh, if Kai was in there. But um, yeah, look, it's it's uh, they're it's always a challenge the set pieces with Vancouver. 
obviously this is uh, like five guys, five games in 14 days. How it was important to get something in this game at the end there, and to kind of propel you towards New York City FC. Yeah, we're always thinking about the the big picture and, and trying to size up what's ahead. But um, while having a, an eye on one game at a time, so to come to Vancouver um, and start our our tough stretch with a hard fought point. Um, down a man the way we did it, I thought it was a, a great way to kick things off here. What has Tim Parker meant to you guys all year long? Obviously, he's helped uh, a solid defense, but in the attacking as well. And Tim has clearly uh, made made us hard to score on. You know, arguably one of the best defenses in the league, and, and the partnership with him and Aaron, it's they, they understand each other, they work well together. And Tim is just a, he's a real guy and, and a tremendous soccer player. So, especially for the way we play, his ability to run and read situations and, and good in the air. And, and, then, and, and then it comes back to his courage and, and he's always up for it. And he had another great game today. So we're thrilled with Tim. He's had a tremendous year and uh, he's helped us in a big way. You obviously have a very talented player in Adams. Um, the Whitecaps obviously have Davies, who's kind of the talk of town. What, how is it coaching like a prolific young player like that, and and um, in, in in keeping him like kind of grounded, but also letting him elevate his game? I mean, for our club, he, he this is what we try to be: um, develop young players and talents, and you know, see them come through is always feels like you're doing something right. Tyler, on the other hand, it's who can take credit for him. You know, it's you know, Bob Montgomery, the old academy director, uh, you know, helped him along in his development with all the coaching staff. But he's a, he's a gem. He's a gift, uh, like Alfonso. You know, like these guys come along every so often. You see every game Tyler plays and he grows, he matures. And that's probably his best quality, that he's, uh, when you listen to him speak to the media, he's just beyond his years. And you watch him play here, you watch him play in the national team, it's just, it's a joy to watch and to coach. He comes willing every day to get better, and it's usually not good enough for him, you know, but uh, we're so fortunate to have a, a player like this. The, the belt fight back, and then giving up that late goal, do you take any solace from this game at all, or do you see it as two drop points? Well, yeah, well, well, disappointed we conceded in the in the last minute uh, off a set piece, uh, which you know I think it was a dubious call for the free kick. Anyway, it wasn't a free kick, but we need to be better defending the back post. We knew what they'd do. Uh, we needed to move our line across a little bit, and we switched off of the back post. So disappointed um, for them because the guys in there. Because I think the second forty-five, you know, we put on a really good performance. The first half, I thought we were awful. We were off it, we looked leggy, we looked lethargic, uh, and we were probably lucky to be 1-1 at, at the break. So, um, a tale of two hearts, probably. No, it's never one thing or even two yeah. things, but can you try to describe why the teams uh, had such trouble keeping the ball out of its net this season? Why the defensive record is so as poor as it is? Um, if I knew, obviously I'd try and rectify it. We're working... Uh, day to day on trying to get that right. I think we defended very well against a very good team, by the way. You know, it, it, I think it's when you look at it and reflect on it, it's a very good point for us. Yeah, we're disappointed we conceded in the last minute, but 
Uh, after the first half performance, if you would have said we would have drawn the game, uh, I probably would have took a point because uh, I thought they were a much better team in the first half. But I think it's just individual errors we're making, whether it's and it's not just one person, it's across the board. It's when you make an error, you always you know want to maybe stay in your position rather than be positive and play on the front foot, which is what I said to my half time. So sometimes it just comes down to a, a lack of confidence in your decision making. I think that's what's happened too much this year. Did it look like Kendall was inspired in this? Yeah, he was great. He was great. And he's, he's upset in there because the, the goal come from him winning a header. Uh, because he's so big and strong and physical, you know, he's got to go and head the ball. Um, so he asked the referee why, but he obviously these two goals are, are great for him and great for us because we get a, a valuable point. But, you know, you, you can't take that out of the game, him challenging for the ball, because it's not his fault how big he is. It's probably his parents. Unbeaten in four now in yep. MLS. Do you, does this continue something for you? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you're always looking at positives. Uh, if you're a positive person, um, it's a good point for us. You know, and I know people say, yeah, it's two thrown away. But before the game, we had no 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 points on the board. Now we've got one point on the board, dependent on results. And if you can take points when you don't play really well, which we didn't in the first half, um, you take them in in the final stretch. And we're in the final stretch now. We know that, so it might be a valuable point for us come the end of the season. The standings are so tight right now. Yeah. With two games coming up against San Jose, they two must win games now. Yeah, let's, I think you'll see a little bit of. Um, end-to-end football a little bit more in the last couple of games because you know teams have got nothing to lose and when that happens more risks are taken Um, so I think you'll see that end-to-end football and it's enjoyable. The gaffer's there. Some interesting comments. Some of the stuff that Robbo said didn't go go down too well. It does kind of feel, though, that in the current climate, that anything Robbo says after a game doesn't really go down too well. Especially uh, if they lose. Yeah. Stuart Kerr tweeted today... Uh, <laughs> last was night, it last, last night? night? Was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Um, about how this was such a united group in capital letters. It was a united group, and they were defying the odds... Which seemed a bit odd considering, well... Well, they did defy the odds because they gave up the lead with 10 men. Oh, yeah, you, don't, you, yeah, you don't expect, a team, you don't expect a team to, to lose against 10 men. Yeah. It was just a very strange thing to say. He kind of was a bit slated for that online. I always feel, though, when, when teams come out and say what a United dressing room it is, it's basically saying, I, I don't care what you're hearing, we are United. I do... Uh, okay, that's... Sure, that's fair. But I do think... I do think that the whole us against the world thing does I, feel, I don't mind that. that and that feels legitimate yeah, like when you look at I like that. when you look at MLS and their how they look at the Canadian teams particularly Vancouver and Montreal and uh the refereeing right like that you feel that i mean it's bad around the league but over the years i think Vancouver's felt very hard done by and then i mean uh, the, the whole salary budget stuff, uh, you know, DP spending is a, another conversation. I know a bunch of people yesterday in response to the, to that tweet even said, talked about how, you know, this is one of the teams that has a lower salary budget than, than Vancouver, uh, which might be right in terms of the yearly wages, but definitely does not include the amount that 
Dead Bull has spent on actual transfers. Yeah. Because what is it? Was it Kaku? He wasn't he brought how many millions was he yeah, brought he, in for? He was brought in for a lot. He was brought in for like I think it was about six. Yeah, six. And so uh well, there was even a joke. I guess I can't repeat that joke, but uh the, he uh do you know the joke I'm talking about, Michael? No. Oh, okay. What well, the will you play here? The if you want to play here, oh no, that's I was okay. We cannot tell the joke <laughs> now. No, they're just like, hey, you know, maybe a player like that could play here, except for there's no way we could afford this. Six, oh, the six million. yes. Transfer fee to bring him in. Yeah. Well, we can now. But so so people are saying, oh, Dead Bull's salary budget is way less. But that does not include spending $6 million on one player on a transfer fee. Vancouver's never done that. The best they've ever done is half that. Mm. And that was three, four years ago. True. Yeah. But the, the fans do well, seem to have certainly turned on the coaching staff. And yeah. the TSN commentators certainly mentioned a lot about the assistance contracts not being being renewed, which hasn't really been picked up too much on. But is there anything now that the management team can do to win the fans back? Or is, it, is that ship sailed and even an MLS Cup win's not going to do it? Oh, no. An MLS Cup win will do it in a second. What? If they win the Cup, yes. I, I, I don't see how people can be angry at the coaches at that uh, point. I, okay, I, I do. <laughs> I, I will say, really? I will say uh, in, terms of, in terms of what you're talking about there, Steve, in terms of winning the MLS Cup, things were not well for Caleb Porter in 2015 in Portland. Okay? Mm. I know he was asked by people, why are you spending $5 million to transfer in Milano? Uh, like, who is this guy? Why are you spending so much? And oh, he was in, good at FIFA 14. And his response was literally, if we don't make the playoffs, I will lose my job. Right? Like, he, if they had not made the play, and they remember they finished, like, yeah. fifth or sixth or whatever it was, and they had not made that run and made the playoffs, he would have been out of a he would have been out of a job. Um, so, uh, you know, St- Steve, I think you're right. If they did win MLS Cup, it would be hard in some ways not to bring bring him back. This whole coaching, but then, but then at that point, would he want to come back and use the MLS Cup to move on to somewhere else? That's the other option. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing, though. Yeah. Carl Rob, like Carl Robinson, I think people they, they get caught in the local bubble. Oh yeah, and they forget that Carl Robinson is connected worldwide in in, cl- oh, in football. Robo's going to get another job. He, he's easy. not. He's not going to have yeah. a problem getting another. No. getting another job. I don't think he's been linked to the Welsh national team job for yeah. God's sake. So it's like it's not as if he's going to struggle to get a job. The, 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 That's not the issue. The thing about the about the assistant coaches is this is eerily familiar. This is exactly what happened in 2013, the end of 2013. The, the coaches' contracts were, were not renewed, and also very similar was had had Martin Rennie, had they beaten Montreal in that in that uh, Voyagers Cup in May of that year, then Martin Rennie's contract would have automatic, automatically yes. removed. I, and I, one of the one of the stories I don't know if I've ever told this on the, on, on the program before, but after that, Martin Rennie did ask, hey, uh, did ask for feedback from the football committee. Oh told, yeah, after he was let go. No, 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 Before, no, no. After they went out of the Voyagers Cup. Oh, okay. He, I've been told by multiple people, he asked the football committee, is there any feedback on, on how things are going? And, you know, we obviously didn't win this, but in the season, and was essentially told, oh, we'll talk at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And it feels, I don't know that's, if that's exactly what's happened this time, but it feels, unfortunately, like that's the path. Well, I mean, if gone, there is truth in, in the assistants not having their coaches or their contracts renewed, that is not, that's an unsettling thing to be hanging over the club at this time. Right, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. But that's the thing, though. What the what the what the owners and what the football committee are trying to do 
what they what they want to do out of this. If if things don't go well, if the playoffs are not made or the playoffs are made and it's not a good run, is they'll want to not bring back the coaching staff and tell everyone, look, it's be we're putting all this on the coaches and they won't take any responsibility themselves. This is how they've set up the football committee to work. When something happens that's wrong, they deflect the blame. They deflect the thing. That, that, that whenever But they can then bring in a new coach with money. Some murmurs that we've heard are a new coach already lined up, two, maybe three designated players already lined up. Don't expect big TFC Atlanta style money, but some serious difference makers already lined up. So if they're lined up, you have to feel they've been lined up because a coach is lined up because you're not just going to put these big additions surely onto a new coach that they've not already run these by. Right, so this is the first, the first I'm hearing of this, right? But so it, it, it's just speculation at right. this point. But it, rumors. But so it, 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 one of the things that's been said in these the last year and a number of years really is in MLS, what's changed? We've had how many? Mark Rebert had a tweet joking about how many players have played for Vancouver. Five hundred eighty-seven. Yeah. So Vancouver's had a lot of players in MLS. They've had three or four coaches in MLS. Those things have all changed multiple times. Uh, the only thing that hasn't changed is the approach and the people behind the approach. And the sad thing is that they've set them tried to st- they've set themselves up. They circle the wagons whenever anyone's against them, and nothing can be done. And unless there's a real revolt from like a unified, real big revolt from people, well, season ticket renewal, season ticket is, renewal, is one of the things. Yeah. If people don't renew their tickets, that's the only way you ever see change. And I, I don't see that happening this year. And so I think the the the, cir- the, the circus the the carousel wheel can you to go around at the circles that is the the, the white cap ownership and FO. If things are in the pipeline, and they're not going to make these changes until the off season, they should extend the season ticket deadline. So what you know what they'll say to you, Michael? If you said that to them, you know what they'll tell you? And because if they said it's us, they've, I've heard them say this in the past. What would they say? They would say we are one of the latest clubs for season ticket renewal uh, deadlines. Uh, a number of clubs have them. A number of clubs have them during uh, July, uh, July or August or whatever. Or July, I think June or July, like a full, uh, like half halfway through the season kind of thing. So let's say we're we're more than we we're more than generous in in the timeline we give for that. Yeah. Anyway, let let's get back to some other current white cap stuff. I was going to talk about the defense in this part, but we'll save that to part three. So if we're talking about players and coaches moving on and you have to think that there's mass changes coming, you've got to look at some of the players that might move on. A lot of fans don't seem to like Juarez and Felipe. They are big money players. Juarez, of course, taken off at halftime yesterday. He's disappointed many. He came here, though, wanting to play a midfield role. He'd been playing right back for years before that. Is it maybe the case that there was a reason that he was playing right back and not midfield because he's just not cut out for midfield anymore? I don't know. With his limited pace, I wouldn't want to see him at right back either. Mm. I mean, you have to feel he's not going to be here next year. I don't know the state of his contract, but if, you know, because often they're two and two, two years and two option years for the for the club. Yeah. So I'm crossing for a one and one. Felipe is another one. He's been getting a lot of abuse online. When the Caps posted his scrum on Friday from training, the comments, someone said, have you seen the comments on this? And I went and read them. They were 
pretty like bad saying he was a dirty player, he was a waste of money, why do they keep playing him? Is it just me? I, I like what he brings to the team. Yeah, I just I, feel he's not being utilized. I, properly. I agree with you there. I, I I don't get like I I I know he's probably a dirty player, and he'll get stuck in. He'll waste time, waste and everything. I don't really have a problem with that, uh, and I think he he has been able to contribute quite a bit. I think what he in the first few games he had already picked up like five assists in yeah. the first handful of games. Well, I can't remember exactly what it was. First twelve starts, he had six assists. Yeah, that was a pretty big. That that was his uh, career high at that point. In the eleven appearances since, ten of them were starts he's had one assist and that's since dropping back into the deeper role yeah he got all his assists when he was playing further forward he's been asked to play a more defensive kind of game I just don't think it suits him he's got a record and a reputation in this league for doing well he's had all these assists over the years he's just not being utilised properly here and if he is he's a key guy for the Whitecaps going forward he should be playing higher up and supporting players like Kamara Davies um, um, Reina, Teixeira, he should be up there feeding them the ball. Basically, he but, should be the. Uh, but how do you fit all those players in? Yeah, like that's the thing. Well, that, that's, the, yeah, that's the big key. One of the things is he's been moved back because they've decided to play Reina as a second striker yeah. or the attacking central midfielder behind a striker. Because and, they, well, it's they, hard to knock this four four two either because it has brought some wins and some success. But but, but right now. The best two defensive midfielders are Russell Tiber and Ali Gazal as a tandem, like together. I think uh, Felipe and Tiber play well together too. Should we be going back to four two three one? Mm. Well, but, okay, is that, this no. is where I was thinking about this a lot today. This is where it's, and I think this is what Rob would say too. He doesn't get caught up in formations. Exactly, he doesn't get caught up in formations because the four four two the team. If you sometimes watch them play, the four four two, the way they're playing it is just it's essentially it, a four two three one. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's not a it's not a huge deal. I in one way, I almost <laughs> it almost feels like spin when they put it out saying four four two. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they See, know people want. Yeah, an people want it. There be yeah. two, two strikers. Yeah, but uh, I, essentially, I want to see. I want to see Felipe move up further up the field. I don't want him sticking there. And I think if you have a Tybert or a Gazal playing with them, I think those guys can handle by themselves being back there. And then hopefully Felipe gets back in time to help support but that, them. That's the thing. Like if if you put Gazal in the team with Tiber, there's no spot for Felipe. Yeah. Because whether you're looking at four four two or four two three one, you've got Kamara up top. Yeah. You've got Davies on one wing. Yep. Probably Teixeira on the other. Or would could Felipe do a wing role? No. I don't. So you're probably looking so. at Teixeira then, and then you've got Reina as the ten or the second striker. Yeah. The defence will come to the next part. So then there's either no room for Felipe or you don't play Gazal and you have Gazal and Tiber. And right right now on the form, you, you think you have to play Gazal and Rusty as your mm. as your top two. I, I do feel that would be better for giving up the goals. I just feel that's a better option. I, f- I feel like the uh, I'm with the Tiber and Felipe camp. Mm. I'd rather see that and see Felipe be able. Because I feel Tiber can run around and cause problems and kind of bust up the stuff in the middle. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say Effie Juarez and Jordan Much. Oh. I saw Jordan yesterday oh, with, with Meyer Bevan. How was he? Yeah, My- Meyer Bevan still here. He's had That's to sort out his visa issues. Flies down to Fresno on Monday. I got to say goodbye to Bernie Abini too. Yeah, Bernie Abini was at the game yeah. yesterday. 
Again, I saw him. He, I was like, I forgot all about you. He is. He was. Uh, he was a chipper. He, yeah, and he was very like. Uh, he, you know, having been in a number of places around the world, like I think he gets it. You know, like he's very respectful and very appreciative of you know everything. And I, I genuinely can say it was the happiest I've seen him for a while when he was. I believe it. Yeah, yesterday yeah. he just it looked like a weight was off his shoulders, and he's going to actually be playing again. Anyway, we're going to be back in part three, looking at the Whitecaps' defence. So we'll be back with all that after this. Hi, I'm Tim Parker, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. It's been only sunny days, staring at my phone. I'm not waiting for your call, just really like my ringtone. I spent all my rainy days just lying by your side. And now I'm blaming all this sun for taking up your I hate the sun. Not just the newspaper, but just the sun. That was the O'Wells there, friends of the show, and of course, the band that does our theme song. Is it okay if I love the sun? You can love the sun. News- right. Newspaper or the big thing in the sky? Uh, like like Jesus. Is that- oh, S-O-N. Oh, very fun. Anyway, you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Tell you what else is a big thing. The Whitecaps defensive woes. Oh, where do we start? I'm I'm sick of talking about this, but we kind of have to because it is the main thing. Two more goals given up, not to mention the five against TFC. Sorry, Steve. <sighs> spoiled it for him. Oh, <laughs> it, I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you because your your feed was yes. <laughs> I was watching it in in my hotel in Newport. And then he makes a comment about a goal, and I was because oh, the white caps. He's like, "Oh, the comeback's on." And I was like, "You yeah, haven't got to that bit yet." <laughs> and it made then, it exciting and, watching. And then did you like my? What time is it in Oregon? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, we'll we'll come to that later in this part. But yeah, the defense. Robo constantly asked, "What's what's the answer to this?" Defenders yesterday were asked, "What's the answer to this?" And he said, "If he knew, if he knew, he would tell us." Yeah. What, no, he would, would fix it. He would fix it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His, his usual answer to anything is like, if I knew, I would tell you. I have noticed as well, another thing that Robbo's saying a lot of these days is, well, football people know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that one. Just to kind of shoot down people that, he doesn't say that to me. Well, he has to deal with a lot of people who are not football people. Yeah. So, yeah. I, don't bl- I don't blame him for I've had a that. few sarcastic off-record comments from him recently, but we'll, we'll come to that at the end of the season, I'm sure. Anyway, back to the defence. Robbo and the other defenders say they've got no answer to it. Is there one? It's the only thing that's going to save this a complete defensive rebuild next year. Is that too drastic? I, it depends on it. could be drastic because if, if like certain players leave on their own or, or get transferred out, then well, that's going to be, that, be a big I'll change. be amazed if Kendall Waston comes back next year, especially if they have lined you up You were amazed three. after the World Cup, it must well, be. Well, yeah. Well, that didn't go according to how he hoped. Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. But if there's three DPs coming in, Kendall's not a DP. So you either buy yeah, but, him down but, in Tam but they can or buy him, moves No, on. but they can buy him down. They can. Because he's only on six something, yeah. right? But he, uh, that's, that's, that is one thing, and I know some people will be happy about this. But if – and I obviously – I think the, the issues at the, the football club are higher up, and those should be dealt with, and those are the ones that are probably not going to be dealt with. But if you are going to not, not bring back – the assistant coaches, which in in effect puts a, the coach in a real tight place, and then you basically makes Robo's position right. almost untenable. Uh, yeah, or so, he embraces a new coaching staff and maybe a new philosophy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you do that after they don't bring back your people, right? Like that's yeah, pretty probably not. But the, the the whole reason I say that is there are a number of players who are here because of him. Yes, and so Effie Juarez. Maybe a bad example. Not okay. the example I was, I was thinking of. But there are a number of players who are here because of him. And if he's not here, I don't know how much they want to be here other than the fact that they're under contract and they have no other option. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not what you That's not what you no. want. You, you definitely don't want that either. For, for me, the for, of the regular starters on the back line, I think for sure because of the fact that I don't know how much you want to spend on these positions, I think Jake Nowitzki is back and I think Marcel De Jong is back. I see both of them back. I don't necessarily see them as being the starters. I, I see one one of them for sure starting because hmm. I don't think you bring two brand new starters at fullback. That's just that'll be just costing, depends who they are. They'll be costing them too much money. So are, is Franklin the backup again? I think Franklin's probably gone next year. Yeah, okay. I, I think I, they bring. I think they do bring in a brand new right back and a left back. I just don't think it, one of them will probably be starting quality and one of them won't. Also, not one hundred percent sure that Stefan. Marinovic will be here yeah. next season. He does have aspirations to to go and play back in Europe, especially in England. So, I think his ideal scenario was he had a good season well, here. Well, there's get a snapped up in the in the winter transfer. Well, there's window. a prime example though too. If you're not bringing back uh, Kerr, like Marinovic is his guy. I wasn't sure if Kerr was definitely one of the assistant coaches. Oh, okay. Is he not? Because he came in know. later. So who knows? Because he, he might have a different contract. Yeah. Oh. I, so just Pert No one's ever confirmed it. I, I took it to be Pert and oh. Forrest, but it could could be Kerr as well. But it, would Kerr want to hang around if it's a, yeah. a whole new thing? Well, and if, and Kerr, if, if, Kerr, if Kerr is gone, does Mer, I don't, like we saw we yeah, saw it with- he brought in Stefan. We saw it with Marius, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, not a, it was not a happy marriage between Kerr and Osted, essentially, right? I mean, like not, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, that, you know. They were professional but, with each other. They, yeah. Yes, totally yeah. professional. We've well, got Spencer Ritchie that you can bring back from Cincinnati. He's been getting some starts recently and doing well, kept a few clean sheets. What are those? Yeah, I, I think that Well, is... we're not even tracking those. We're tracking one goal games. Yeah, what Steve pointed out yesterday when it was just one, that that was like a clean sheet. We're going to ask Robo that. Does that feel like a clean sheet because you only let in one goal? And then that that question. You should not have asked that. That would have been. I didn't. So it was. uh, (laughs) The option wasn't there to ask. Yeah, I'm not even going to say what I wanted to say about that. But no, like going to say it wasn't a clean sheet. So if 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 even assistant coaches go whatever, like you will find players that will just will not want to be here, right? Like. So what? So, what, what so do you guys think? I, I, well, we had a rebuild this year. Yeah, a little bit of it. It was, yes. Yeah, and it's gonna. It looks like another one, no matter what next but year. But that's the thing, though. MLS is like that. Yeah, I think I've said this on the show before. A Ziggy Schmidt it once famously said, "Not, nah, not what you want to say, Michael." <laughs> <laughs> no, he once said, "In MLS, every year is a rebuild. You're yeah. bringing in ten new players yeah. every year. I think and you can go from I worse consider- to." 
but first, I like think, Colorado. I, I know, I know it seems like big, but I think ten players is not really a rebuild; it's a retooling. I think when you get right, rid so, of half okay. the team, more than half the team, that's which, a rebuild. Which I think we've got year. enough tools on the team that we need a rebuild. <laughs> right. Let's let's look at some more defensive the, things here. Okay. So who? Yeah. So who who else? Right. We're talking about center backs. Aaron Mond. Yeah. I you've referenced it in the first part. I really like how he's played with Kendall all season. Yep. Last couple of weeks in particular, he's been good down in Portland. Yesterday, I didn't really think he put a foot wrong. Maybe caught up field for the first goal, but apart from that, not too much. Henry, to be frank, had two nightmare games against TFC where he was found lacking. Well, the first game, I think it was just the end of the game. We, we, it wasn't as bad, but he no. was, he was like the second game in particular. Well, second game, he yeah. He was but like, who all wasn't? over the park. Who wasn't, though? But I think the first, the first, I didn't watch the second game, so I don't know. First game, I thought he had a fine game until the end. That one mistake yeah. at the end. Yeah. I don't think you can blame him. I can, think you can say two games he was and, and although breaking the wrist is I not, think you're going back to la, your last year's thoughts of Henry. I think you need to interview him again so you get on. <laughs> yeah, your favorite person. Yeah. Um, the breaking the wrist is, is in one sense frustrating and, and disappointing. On the other sense, it, it does show how much he cares yeah. about his performance and I think also the team. Yeah. And so, but he does seem to be in some pain. I think he played through the pain on Wednesday. No, he can play. He I, talk, I talked to him yesterday. He can play. He's okay. ready to go. No, he's he'll be fine. Jose Aha is two weeks away from coming back from his quad strain. Okay. For me, Mond and Waston deserve the next few games. And then as long as Mond doesn't put a foot wrong, Mond is my starter. But then you've got two big money guys not starting. Yeah. And what about uh, Roberto? Yeah, do, do we think we will see Dominguez this year? I saw him yesterday in the elevator. Doesn't oh. speak much English, if any. Uh, That's always a positive thing. Did he understand your well, Scottish? I wasn't speaking to him. Someone oh. else was trying but to. But if he's, oh. he's playing with Kendall, they should be able to communicate. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. I mean, if, if the season is lost by that point, I don't see any harm in chucking him in just to see what he can do. Well, the- I did hear, though, that his trial did not go fantastic, but yet we still are brought him in to have a look. Because he's only on a D- MLS deal to the end of the season. Yeah, to the end of the season with options Option. after that. Yeah. And Robo's comments they weren't exactly like glowing off him. It's like, I oh, will see what he can do. And it's it's it's, it's a depth signing. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's is, a no risk signing. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well that's uh, sorry, I know I hate to go back to the coaching thing, but that's the thing. If if the if the football committee's intention is to not bring back Carl Robinson. Yeah, they're not gonna give somebody a two year deal. No, but they should. This is an well, example. Be, yeah, you can't this, be bringing this, in players. This is, no, 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 but seriously, if they're not, yeah. they're, they should they should bring in someone to for the end of the season to get their own evaluation. That was what I was thinking, yeah. but at the same time, it depends who it is. Yeah. Now. And as long as he doesn't ask for like first class seats in the plane. Yes, yeah, uh, When he renegotiates the contract in the year, should be fine. For me, we talked about this early in the season, got us in a lot of trouble with the coaching staff, but we'll talk about it again. If Robo goes, Mark DeSantos, clear favourite for us. Well, for me, Zach's made a face. I really like Mark DeSantos personally. I know a lot of people here can't get over 2009. I can. Even though I think at this point, Mark DeSantos is the kind of guy, I think in his opening press conference, he would address it. Because every time I see him, he, he addresses it. I had a great chat with him when he was here when LA were visiting. Yeah, same. He's, he's a winner. Mark Weber backs him as well. Yeah. 
But he has done well wherever he's gone, and he's now had a year to learn MLS under Bob Bradley. You're right. And he, he... And LAFC are doing well. And he knows how to deal with not uh, spending on players from yep. being in Ottawa. He knows how to deal with a megalomaniac in Joey Saputo <laughs> in Montreal. <laughs> so if he if he chooses to come to Vancouver, he knows what he's getting into. Yeah, it's he, whether he would choose that. And if he does choose, he's not coming here... Until to, LA's season is finished. Oh, right. That's, that's the thing. That's right. There you go. So then you're looking at another one we threw out there, Mike Petke. He's not going to come until the season's finished. He's an RSL. Oh, no, their season's not done. <laughs> I mean, who, who's, they won, who's free just now with MLS experience that isn't doing anything? Caleb Porter. No, no I can't see don't that. don't do that. I can't see I that. Don't do that. <laughs> Steve won't shake his hand. No, I've never had any issues with Caleb Porter after a game. Caleb Porter is actually... Uh, the, He's fun to chat to. Yeah, the the dealings I've had with Caleb, Caleb Porter, he has been It could very, extend the show, though. Very, yeah. Very I, talks I, I might have to delete some of our previous yeah. episodes where he, I've not said... When you sent me down there for... What was the cup Was the cup match? I don't know. I sent you down last for the Bayern year. game as well. No, last year for the oh, cup the match. Oh, the Seattle-Portland yeah. cup game, yeah. He was just like... And I think I was... I think I, I might have wore like a curve a hat or something. He was just like, "Oh yeah, your boy Darren's here. Come in, like like in the locker room." And he was just like, "Oh yeah, come like." And he was very gracious with his time, and he was very generous with his words about his players. It's and a little bit odd he hasn't got another role. I still think he's holding out for the, this US job. But was it the Bayern game you sent him down? and He had to get the disposable camera to show that he was a photographer or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he had to get rid of the disposable camera. No, I don't have a disposable camera. I just—that's <laughs> funny. I—I uh, I had a deal, a DSLR or whatever they call this thing. Yeah. Right, let's get back to this because we've and we're for the, loose in this six. For the game, I was in with the with Shikaria. That's where I was. Right, back to the White Cats defense. Brett Levi's. He's done well against Portland and New York in the last two games. Just get for the time minutes. that he's played, yeah. He cannot go a full game. And at the, uh, remember at the, uh, there was a minute mark. Remember I told it was you about fifty fifth minute. Yeah, someone he, threw something on for him to drink. Yeah, or it was like one of those uh, capsules or whatever. He unscrewed something, took it, and then put screwed it back on, threw it back. Energy drink or something like that. It was no, but I think it was more better re- than beaver, beaver buzz. We, we, I think it was more rehydration yeah. or something like that. We love Brittley vibes. Oh yeah, we want him to do well. Yes. I have a lot of time for him personally, never mind as a player. Yep. He's just a he's just such a nice guy. Swap kits with Tim Parker. But yes, I saw that. But you cannot have a player that has to get subbed off before the end of every game, especially when it's a left back, because then you're forced to be making a defensive substitution. Yesterday we'd already had to make a halftime substitution in a DM spot. Mm-hmm. It just affects what you can do with the team. And it's just you can't have that. He need he needs to sort this out, whatever it is. Steve can. Steve's really happy that Warriors had to get some. Um, I'm just glad Tyburn came on. Yeah, um, you're you're right. Hopefully, something. I mean, Robo made comments yesterday have, that he is our, is basically our, indicated he was sick of it. Is our sports science expert going to call on the show? And, and so, no, seriously, like something must be able to be done about if it's an electrolyte yeah. issue or like what, like something has to be done. Well, we to saw be Rick fair, Celebrini yesterday. Yeah, he he was serving have. fries in the and burgers in the in the press box. He really was. That's his going away volunteer I think, hours. I, I, I think that must be yeah. Um, but no, th- to be fair to him, the Portland thing was not a cramp. 
The Portland thing was... No, he was like yeah. whacked in the ribs, yeah. but yeah, or shoulder, whatever it was. I think ribs, yeah. Um, right, how much of this defensive disaster then is down to Tim Parker going? Alma said after the game that he's a key part to the success Who's of it? New York. Armis. Harris? Armis. Oh, Armis, sorry. New York's given up 25 goals in 24 games, eight clean sheets, whatever they are. Best record in the league defensively. Seattle's pretty close. Is it all down to Tim Parker? No, I, I think you got Robles in the back there. Um, you have a player like um, he's, he's teaming up with Aaron Long, who a lot of people were high on before the season even started. Well, it's, it's a Whitecaps yeah. downfall down to Tim Parker going. Mm. Surely can't be just one guy no, going and it all so. falls to bits. I don't think so. I, I, I've never had an issue with most of the center backs. I, my big issue has always been the the midfield hasn't really supported the back line yep. as well. Yeah. Because remember the the early part of the season, it was all the goals from distance where the mm-hmm. central midfield should be. Mm-hmm. The, okay. So obviously, obviously Tim Parker going, they haven't fully filled that hole. And it's not even filling the hole. It's more the chemistry and... Uh, the, the, They're patching the, the hole the, up. The they ca- haven't filled it. The yeah, connectedness yeah. amongst the back line, which I think also ties into... Uh, Having a new keeper, um, and 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 if you, I think you've said before too, new center defensive midfield partnerships that haven't really fully worked out. Yeah. However, I, the Tim Parker thing, which I don't think we've talked about on the show, can I? Can yeah. I so one of the things that, that I've heard, I've heard from not from Tim himself, because um, someone made a joke about this yesterday about uh, you know like Tim Parker has a great relationship, and I think actually I think Robbo said even publicly like he has a good relationship with Tim Parker. Like he does with most of his former yeah, former players, he, he was chatting with them after the after the well, game outside the locker room. One of the things that one of the things I've heard from people who are close to Tim Parker is how um, saddened and disappointed he was at how things were handled at the end of his time in Vancouver. And basically, what I was told was that because I got his last interview as a white cap. No, that would disappoint anyone. No, what I was told was basically uh, the information that was being put out was not accurate information. Yeah. And was... Um, we bought into it. And was being... Yes. And was being put out... Uh, basically, was fal- falsely being represented by people within the Whitecaps to make it look... make To make him look like he was money hungry. And so the fans would turn him. So the tra- so it would make things yeah. go easier. And he said a them. few interviews this week stating that he did not want to leave He did Vancouver, not want to leave. Which, and he wanted... He, he thought he would be in Vancouver for years. Which I've also been... Which I thought he would be as well. I thought you would have built the team around yeah. him. Future captain... And so, so I think people, because a lot of people I've listened to and talked to, they, they, they say, oh, yeah, well, he just wanted too much money. He didn't need to be here. And what I've been told is that was a narrative pushed by the Whitecaps front office as hard as they could so they could get people on side for the, for the trade. But and, he was not forced out, though, Robo. Right. No, no. that on Friday when I asked. No, and I don't think, I personally don't think that was Robo, but I don't yeah. know that. I don't know that. I haven't asked him that, but I... I think I think the pe- so many people being okay with Tim Parker being gone. I think they were not told the truth about all the things that were happening in the background when yeah. those things were trying to be represented in the media. Well, it, it's certainly been hard to fill a big ginger hole. We've tried our best in this show, and Steve headed along to the New York locker room to have a chat with Tim Parker with a few other people yesterday. So let's bring that for you now. So Tim, obviously, um, game where it was kind of up and down. You you, th- you had momentum, and then you lost it, then you gained it. Then it, how did the game feel for you? Yeah, kind of like that. You know, I think um, on the road, it's it's hard to 
get momentum. We got a good goal early, and we were able to take advantage of, I think, the most of the most of the first half. And they got a goal on a set piece, and you know that's kind of how things go sometimes. And you got to ride out the momentum train. Was it weird being back in BC Place and wearing red instead of white or blue? <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, um, walking to the stadium was a little bit weird for me, but um, it was good to be back. It was good to be back. How do you feel like the obviously it's the five games coming up in 14 days? Um, you got a point at the end of this one. Was that important considering you're facing a couple of rivals in the upcoming week? Yeah, yeah, very. Um, obviously, to get a point in the last couple of minutes like we did is very important just uh, for the whole kind of way our season's going to play out. You know, I think we're pushing for that supporters' shield race and um, getting a point here instead of not walking away with anything is big. And how is it? You obviously, it's your first year in New York, but you're in, in New York City's only been here for a couple of years. But how is that rivalry going and is it getting amped up? Yeah, you can feel it. You know, I think um, it's intense and you can feel it. And the fans are, the fans completely buy into it. So it's something that we take seriously as a club. Now, I, obviously, you've been in MLS for four years and the, you still have the rest of the season. But when coming into the offseason, is it with the exposure in New York? Are you kind of looking at other options in Europe? Obviously, staying in New York would be great because you're with your family and friends and everything like that. But there's obviously soccer. Want, they want to move on to Europe. Do you, is that kind of inkle into your uh, thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, like the way it's going right now in New York, I'm really happy in New York. And um, if if Europe ever came knocking, I think it's every player's dream. But for me at the moment, I'm just really happy to be in New York and continue the season here. Tim, what did you make of the crowd reception during the starting lineups? They obviously cheered you. Was that something you were thinking about coming into this game here? Yeah, you put it in my head like a week ago. Did, so, yes. uh, no, I mean, it was nice. It was definitely really nice to hear. And what about Kendall Lawson? Obviously, you were the big talk in this match, but he obviously shot and beat you to a couple of headers there. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, Kendall, he's always been great in the air. You know, I mean, we, we had the idea that he was going to be able to, that they were going to be able to hurt us on set pieces, and we weren't able to take care of that tonight. What's the focus for the team going back to New York? You've got the big derby match coming up now. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of matches in the next couple of days, so we got to try to get as ma- many points as we can. Did you feel like you were pushed down a bit on the second goal by Watson? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I mean, yeah. Is this something you expect normally from him? Is it happening in training too? Over the no, I mean, I mean, look, Kendall's going to do whatever he can to get to the ball. Um, was I pushed down? Yeah, but I mean, I didn't get the foul, so it's, it's a goal for him. What do you say about the character of your team? You, you go down to 10 men, but then you find a way to score a late equalizer. Huge. Huge. You know, um, we're, we're building something special. You know, I think everyone in the locker room can feel that, that um, this team kind of has character and can fight until the end, and uh, we're never going to say die. So I think that's important, especially on a cross-continent trip like this one is, to uh, fight until the 90th minute and get that equalizer is big. There's been some debate about the trade. Who do you think got the better of the trade? New, New York. <laughs> Easy. They got the redhead. Thanks, Tim. Classy guy, Tim Parker. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was mentioned a lot in that interview. I don't know. Sometimes a word gets in my head and I just repeat oh. it regularly. That was so I can't even cut it out because you no. just went so If you give it to me, I would have spent all the time cutting it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Tim Parker there. It has been a, a loss on the back line not having him. I d- oh, I think I think it makes a, a difference, but I don't think it, it's the major difference. I don't think... I do think it, as Tim you Parker said, it was, comes down to the 
the midfielders yeah. just not doing their job. I think because Tim, Tim Parker was here two years ago, where the their defense wasn't very good as yes. well. So yeah. I don't think it makes a major difference, but I, I do think there there is a slight obviously offset. It's, it, it's, it's hard not to see it though. As one of it's one yeah, of the significant I mean, it's, factors. It's the easy thing to look at, but it isn't. It really isn't that massive. I think the thing. keeper and the DMs are, are the issue. Right. Let's just finish this this segment off. We'll keep our side side chat to to the next little bit. If we're looking at next season, what defensive positions get brought in for starters? For like, what what starters are going to get brought in? That's going to are you talking talk about the back line? Yeah, just a. I I feel that they like the unless they unless they really want to spend a lot of money, and I don't think they will. I think they keep their fullbacks. Yeah, if Watson stays, then they're probably looking at another center back, and if it depends on if Marinovic stays or not. Yeah. If he does stay, would you be no. happy with him? I'd be fine okay. with him. So you I just bring no in one centre-back and you think that will cure the defensive? No, I, but the defensive woes, like I said, is the central midfield right. and that's where I want to revamp everything. Okay. I want to, In centre midfield, I want to see Dave Norman play more. Eventually, yeah. I want to be in the. Uh, I want him to be in the rotation, but I. I'd I think like him to play as well. I don't think that's going to be the answer to all our. Problems. No, I think they need a high end. Because uh, the thing is, sometimes the best defense is if you have possession, and if you have a solid central the best midfield. Best defense is attack. Uh, attack, yeah. So if you are possessing the ball, you're giving less options for the other team to get at you, and that'll reduce the the chances they get. So I think you need that. Well, you that's have to have what, possession to do that. I know. That's why you yeah, need to exactly. maybe you revamp possession. your central midfield so you're not putting so much pressure on the back line. And a whole change of philosophy of how the team plays. Yeah. I would bring in new centre-back and two new full-backs as starters. Have Jake, Starting full-backs. Yep, have Jake and Marcel pushing them, maybe gaining the, the starting thing, but I, I just feel we need we need change. Uh, that's uh, that's cost too And keeper? If Stefan stays, I'm happy with Stefan. Okay. For now, but I'd like a stronger backup challenging him. So we'll see. Was Brian? Was Brian Rowe? Is it one year or two year? He's he's gone. I think yeah. Anyway. Sp- Richie's back. Spencer. Oh. It's the ice cream man. It's the ice cream man. And you know who likes ice cream? Tim Steve. Parker. <laughs> so Tim, yeah, it's a hot day. You decide to get some ice cream. What would be your ice cream flavor of choice, or are you more a froyo kind of guy? Uh, Dairy Queen kind of guy. Uh, probably a blizzard. Yeah, and it would have to be with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's great. Thanks so much. Yep. Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man. Ring your bell. Play the music I've learned to love so well. Ice Cream Man. Ring your chimes in the afternoon so fine. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. What was that music, Steve? Uh, waiting on the Summer by VHS Collection. I'm waiting for the fall. I'm, waiting, I'm still waiting for the summer because really, I am just want the smoke out of here. 
I gave my VHS collection to uh, to a youth organization that they used to make into uh, uh, that they paint on with uh, with youth and make. They paint on the youth? No, they paint on the VHS oh. tapes oh, and make gotcha. a mosaic. Oh, I've got some VHS tapes I could l- give them. Okay. Hmm. They'll, they'll like it. No, they don't watch them. They just take. They use the physical tape as a. Oh, that's a good thing they, that they don't it. watch oh. it. That's a good uh. thing they won't watch it because it might not be appropriate for kids. Educational for yeah. teenage boys. Anyway, right. What are we talking about now? Oh, I know. The Southsiders. We haven't talked about their issues on the show. The reason for that being. We wanted to give them a couple of weeks to dig themselves out the hole that they've they've put themselves into. I was under the impression that that would be forthcoming. It, it hasn't been. And for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, because there are a lot of folk that listen to this from out with Vancouver, a couple of weeks ago now, three weeks ago, I think we're possibly approaching. Yeah. Southside's board issued a statement um, condemning Kendall Waston for not honouring the the pride celebrations that the Whitecaps had, uh, disrespecting it, they said, for having his armband under his sleeve. Numerous photos were then produced showing that his armband is under his sleeve a lot of the time. He was wearing the, the pride numbers. A photo was dug out from two years ago where Kendall was one of three Whitecaps players that were not wearing the pride scarf. Nobody actually asked Kendall why. Nobody asked Kendall about the the situation of why his armband was under his sleeve. And the initial Southsider statement as well said they had contacted the club about it. But from speaking to the club, that is stretching the truth vastly. Uh, an inquiry was made uh, about whether the numbers were mandatory, but nothing was asked about Kendall's stuff. So that was the initial statement. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of outrage. Some of it went over the top. Some of it really boiled over. Members of the Southsiders board received threats. Not acceptable no, at all. That, it's like, it's, you know what? Personal. Whatever, whatever the Southsiders, and, you know, obviously we don't, we have issues with what the Southsiders said. What the, those things you're talking about, those are worse yes. than what they, they said. Don't cross the line yeah. is the th- phrase that was brought up a lot. And it's like a lot of the comments cross the line. 100%. Totally unacceptable. Totally condemn them. Because first of all, this is just football or soccer, whatever yeah. you want to call that, it. That's the whole it's thing. No big deal. And what we want to stress before we go any further in this is a lot of you are angry. We're going to talk about this. Some of you may feel angry after le- listening to this. The way to deal with this will come to the end. The way to not deal with this is to personally abuse members of the Southsiders board. Or so, us. Or us. We, or can anybody, take, we, we can take abuse. Or anybody that has an opinion. Yeah. Just because ha- they have an opinion be- doesn't mean, right. well, doesn't mean you're I, right or wrong. I am big, it's just an opinion. I'm big on free speech and freedom of expression. But it seems to be a lot of people, if you don't agree with what their version is, you can't have free speech or freedom of expression. So just because you don't agree with someone does not give you a right to abuse somebody online. It also does not give you the right to accuse people of something that you've got no proof on either. And that is basically what happened with the Southsiders. So we're going to talk about this for a little bit just now. I do not want anyone taking what we're saying as a mandate to then go and abuse the board. That is important to stress. Things have come to a head this evening in that long-time Southsider... 
friend of the show, friend of all of ours personally, Peter Zimmerman has resigned as Vice President of the Southsiders. And Secretary. And Secretary yeah. as well. Now, Peter has been President in previous years. Yep, multiple times. Was kind of ousted in a, a vote this year as President, but became Vice President. We won't go into that. I want to read you a little bit from Peter's resignation letter that appeared online this evening. He says... The manner in which the executive board conducted themselves since the release of the Pride March 2018 statement dated August 1st, there we go, it was August 1st, so it's 18 days ago now, regardless of the statement's purpose, how they've acted recently has been inexcusable. The accountability and transparency shown, of course, in the course of the past two weeks has been disheartening. I am neither qualified nor have been elected to navigate and address controversial social issues, especially not in this way. The social media presence of and the membership communication during one of the most important stretches of the Whitecaps season has been non-existent. This is simply unacceptable. Since the release, I have put in my best effort to open dialogue, acknowledge, address and correct mistakes made related to the statement, the release of which I had been part of myself. I failed. I want to apologise publicly to Ken Austin for accusing him of wrongdoing without first seeking personal contact with him mm. to provide means of responding to the accusation. And there's more which we won't go into. Now, there's a number of issues that I think we want to address in this. And we hadn't because, A, I didn't want to give it more publicity. And it was good that the press didn't pick up on it. A lot of the press contacted the Whitecaps got the white cat side of the story and decided not to touch it. Because frankly, any media that did do this, all they're opening themselves up for is social comments on both sides. You're going to have people that back the statement and back them, no matter what side they take, folk will back it, folk will be against what side they take. So a lot of the papers steered away from it. It was also good because it didn't give it more publicity, which meant that it died a little bit. But it can't just die and go away. The, the Southsiders executive board cannot sweep this under the carpet. It has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed with the members. And Zach, you're still a member of the Southsiders. Yeah. I, I stopped being a member a couple of years ago. I didn't like the direction the group was going. Steve, you've been a member in the past as well. Yes. I've served on the board before. Just your initial thoughts on this, Zach. I've, I've talked a lot here to, to kick this segment off. Yeah, well, a lot could be said. I think I think for me, uh, just talk. I want to talk about a couple of the issues. Uh, for me, uh, the the concern that was that was raised about the captain not celebrating the the pride event, the pride uh, match in the way that they felt was appropriate, was a little bit um, concerning for me because Kendall Watson has a worldview, and it's a worldview that. Um, is different uh, that that doesn't celebrate pr- pride, but is respectful of all people, no matter who they are, no matter how they've chosen. Yeah, to, he's to... never come out and disrespected. No, that yeah, no matter no matter who they are, no matter how whatever their their uh, their worldview is, uh, is respectful that people will have different worldviews. And he himself has uh, he has supported causes that are, are with his worldview, but he has never come out uh, and uh, said. Uh, in my opinion, said disrespectful things toward the pride community uh, or the community around pride. Uh, and so uh, I think you have to, 
I, and, I, and I've read comments about this from various people. Like, you can't force someone to celebrate something. Yeah, just it's just a, be it's just because of expression. Well, just yeah, just because they're your they play on your sports team. Yeah, um, I and certainly not then ask. Oh, it, it felt like they were saying we can make this all go away if you make a little monetary donation. That crossed the line for me. That was just yeah. unacceptable. So th- that was my my one my one concern is here you're you're trying to make someone who has a different worldview say that they celebrate your worldview, which is different than theirs, and so that was a little bit concerning. In saying that, though, I do, I do want to say I, 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 I can understand how people in the LGBTQ community might be frustrated that they're, they're, someone wouldn't celebrate with them because I, I can't sit here and say I know what it's like to be a part of that community and the, uh, the, the way that society has changed to become more accepting from not being accepting. Yeah. So I can't sit here and say, oh, just get over it or don't have those feelings. I, I would never say that to, to anyone. No, not at all. I, I can't imagine the difficulties that people have gone through with saying this is who I am. Uh, and I don't feel accepted. So I, I, we should point out that the statement was issued because of some complaints from Southside's members that are part of that community. Yes. So they did feel strongly enough and upset enough to, to make the initial complaint. Yeah. I have no issue with that at all. Yeah. It's then how the board handled reacted it. to yeah. it and handled it. The, uh, my, my, my big issue was that they, they just didn't, they didn't talk to him. Yeah. Yes. And, well, the, and the, that's yeah. my biggest issue. And the, uh, like, it was just a straight accusation. That guilty, you didn't you yeah. didn't wear it uh, well, over your like, you didn't wear the the captain's armband over your over your sleeve. It seems to be a modern day yeah. thing though, in that you can accuse people of something, and it's up to them to prove their yeah, innocence innocent. now. Yeah, and everyone just assumes that folk are guilty. Isn't that how the courts work in France? I think, but <laughs> no, uh, seriously, from a group of people who publicly and privately continually say how disappointed they are at their connection with the players and the coaches yeah. and the club. And then to then to to have a concern with one of them and to not go to them, which for me, like right away, I verify. I went to I went to Kendall and said, "Hey, has anyone talked to you about this?" And he said, "No, no one's talked to me about that." The PR guy told me just just has just told me about what's going on or whatever. So the fact that if you have a concern with someone in just in everyday life, do you go and talk to them or do you go on social media? Do you go on Twitter and say, I have a problem with so-and-so because of X, Y, or Z? The like problem that, is most people do it on Twitter now and they don't go no, but talk that, to yeah. them. But that's obviously not how you handle no, relationships and especially no. relationships that you claim to care so much about and yeah. long for to deepen. Like yeah. this was so backwards to what they say, they claim that they want to be about. Yeah. But I, I will point out for fairness as well because somebody did, Chris Corrigan mentioned this tonight, we haven't reached out to the Southsiders board to come and give us a no, statement. I, oh, no, but, so I, I, I immediate, well, immediately, within a day of the statement, I reached out to Peter. And I said, Peter, what's going on? Like, what, what, what's, what's the deal? And so I, I didn't reach out to every single board member, but I, as, a, as a member, I felt this is a person I'm closest to. I'll connect with them. And so he sh- shared what he could. You know, and his some of his feelings, some of his thoughts, and and talked about you know some of the things that he then put on. He then put on. There was a follow up statement of, "Hey, we're having an emergency meeting. Uh, we have another regular meeting yeah. coming." Yeah, and, and that I think kind of that stuff. that was the problem is that folk expected things to come, come out, out of, that. of that emergency yeah. meeting, which is why we haven't addressed it till now as well. Yeah. Some of the issues that I have with it though is, apart from how it was all handled and things that's already been mentioned, so much good work had been done at the Southsiders Town Hall. Just weeks before, building bridges, the club talked about they saw that as a, a new start. 
and then whether you're cynical about whether they met in that or not, it felt you left that town hall meeting, things were moving forward in a really good way. This has set, this has burned so many bridges and set supporters' relations. I'm not just Southsiders, possibly other groups as well. It's pushed it so far back. You notice the players are not going anywhere near the Southside to celebrate after the goals now at BC Place. That is not coincidental. Good luck trying to get players to come to any events now because I think to a man, going back to Stuart Kerr's tweet of a United locker room, they're certainly united over this. And I, I, what is a supporters group? That is the other thing. Do you get a, a supporters group that goes all political? And I think that's now what Southsiders members have to decide. Do they want the Southsiders to be St. Pauli-esque, have political mandates and, and speak up and do all this? Or do you want it to be about the football? For me, it should be about the football. First, I'm not saying dismiss all this. I'm not saying don't have the anti-racism things, don't celebrate all the pride things. That's modern life. It's great. You look at how how well the Whitecaps had done for that pride night. They pushed the boat out more than other clubs that I've seen do. And they got a lot of abuse online from it. The Instagram comments, which I pointed out to you, were horrendous yeah. from the bigots out there. But the Whitecaps went ahead and they did it. And it was a great night. Everyone celebrated it. Talking to to people that I know, fans that are gay and that, that were at the match, they loved it and they loved what the Whitecaps were doing. This did more damage to yeah. that. And it's going to make the Whitecaps think, why do we bother doing this when this is what then comes out of it? Yeah. And the thing is, is there's been so many other times where if you wanted to make a statement, you could have last year. The Shane and Williams thing, yeah, the the, the something that the, somebody was actually then taken to court over. Yeah, the academy not found guilty though. Yeah. No stress. The, the the academy thing, yes. Um, Again, some of you can't talk. You can out and then, the minors. You no, can't talk but you, about, you can. You could issue make a, a statement, statement saying what yeah, is if happening you on the youth to, side. Yeah, this yeah. is not right. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then to chair a thing earlier this year. Oh yeah, which was he was suspended for. Yeah, he got um, uh, Juarez. Uh, there was no statement there. No. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a mention. But when uh, did we come to issuing statements no, I know, for that's, stuff that's as well? That's, that's the I, thing as well. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> traditionally supporters in Europe, they their statements are made in, in the stadium. Yes. So if you have, like, so you, I watch a lot of Byron. So when Byron, they have a problem, you'll see the banners unfurled. Ticket prices yeah. are not what they should be. Uh, you know, Champions League tickets away away in England are not what they should be, or uh, or they when they have an issue with the board, they'll say they'll you know they'll unfurl banners that that you know express their frustrations or their or their concerns. Um, that's kind of what it looks like uh, around the world. You, you you bring up a good a good question about you know is this should a should a group like this be about the actual support or should they should they be something else? I think. What you were saying earlier, Michael, in terms of your uh, your perspective on the direction things were going is the thing is the south the south side is has over the years become basically a, a social club for for a group of people, right? It's become their primary social network, and you have a lot of members who also don't want to be active apart from on match day, right? They just want the scarf and to be part of it, right? But for a number of people, it's become their community of friends, their yeah. primary yes. community of friends. And that's that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I've spoke before about 
my good friends, like you two guys. I I met you through through the Southsiders initially, John Knox, lots of lots of guys. Chris Deal. Yeah, um, an English person I like. <laughs> but so but so yeah. So what? But then but the thing is, what becomes the focus? Our social gatherings, the things we are passionate about outside of the football, or the football itself? Yeah. And that is a fair question. And I think I think you hear some of the frustration in, in the letter you read from Peter over yeah. over the over some of the emphasis not being on the support in the stadium. I feel it could be a turning point for the group, and for any Southsiders listening to this. Maybe it's it might a, have turned turned off by now. Yeah, maybe it's a bit off me no longer being a member, saying what I'm about to say. But if you're not happy with the direction the group is going, it's the members that have the power to change it. You can force an EGM, an extraordinary general meeting, to get this done now ahead of the AGM. You can put people up to stand for the board. The problem with that is people don't want to put the work in, and it's a hell of a lot of work. All of these people are volunteers. They've got themselves into a mess now that none of them are really... They're not experienced enough to get out of it. It's gone on too long. They've not issued a statement either way addressing the members' concerns and the, the uh, public outrage, which I know they don't have to really answer to people that aren't members, but a lot of members have expressed concerns. It's gone too long now. They can't get out of this hole in in any way of saving face. This will have this will have ramifications. Yeah, and if you're not happy with it, don't abuse the people that are given their time. They maybe they they didn't issue this statement to cause a big kerfuffle. That's probably not a great word. Kerfuffle is a bit too light. Well, for one individual, maybe they did, but but no, you're right. Yeah, they didn't they it, didn't expect this. So don't abuse them. They're trying to fix it. If you want to make your point, you get rid of these elected officials at the next meeting or you force an EGM and you get them to stand down now. Yeah. That's I, the way forward. And you and, Don't abuse them online. But you need people to step up. That is the thing as well. Yeah. If you want this group to be what it can be, what it used to be, the march, there was about 30 people in the march yesterday. Wow. Well, I know a lot of them aren't the, really wanting to march from that area. That has been a bit of an issue. Well, the, but this this year in general, yeah. it's been way down. Now we're getting into a style of support thing. I mean, for me, the the march shouldn't be every game. It should be on special occasions because when you do eighteen or nineteen a year, it loses its yeah. its luster. People but, get tired of walking. Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll just finish this section off by saying, if any of the Southsiders board want to come on the show, give their point of view. More than happy to do so. You know where we are. Give us a call. Anyway, let's move on now. Maybe not a smooth transition. It's Football Violence Awareness Month here on AFTN. (laughs) It's way of the length time, everybody. Yeah, we're going to wrap up this segment with uh, a song from 1987. It's a group called Section 5, and it's called Every Saturday. You can slag us down in the papers. You can slag us down on the news. But if you think you'll never stop us, you must be a bunch of fools. It's been going on far too long, but every Saturday, the boys who rule the terraces will fight a home all the way. They'll appear every Saturday.
Hey, it's Marco Bustos. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. We're in the last segment of this week's AFTN Soccer Show. Probably won't surprise anyone. We're probably going to overrun, but there we go. What happens? So in this part, we're going to have a a quick roundup of the MLS West and then BC Soccer Web headlines and then call it a night. So the MLS West. Caps started the, the week in eighth. Finished the week in eighth. There's basically eight teams fighting for the, the six playoff spots. The other ones seem out of it. Right now, the Caps are three points back of LA Galaxy, who are fifth, and three points back of the Timbers, who are in sixth. And both of them did not do too well. No. But they, those teams also have more wins and better goal difference in the White Caps, so it kind of adds an extra point into proceedings as well. Yeah. Good thing they got that point. That yeah. Just, uh, Portland have two games in hand. Galaxy have played one more, and then in fourth spot, 
on 38 points, which is four ahead of the Caps, is RSL. They've also played one more game. The top three are Dallas, Kansas City, LAFC. I know you're not sure about LAFC, but I feel those three too far ahead for the Caps to catch. I think they, they pretty much should be... Yeah, but LAFC was playing playoffs. at home, so I think they, they they were very good at home. I just I don't know how many road games they have. but I, is I, look, I can't see us catching them. No, well, not catch them, but they could drop a little bit. Yeah. Let, let's look at some of the games in from this weekend. Seattle 5, LA Galaxy 0. Yep. Hammering. Absolute hammering. No Zlatan. Doesn't want to play in the turf. But they had enough players. It was very critical no, of the Portland did, did, turf. That was like, didn't none of their DPs travel or something? They I mean, brought a very weak squad north, which was very surprising. Yeah. I, I don't get that. I can't remember who tweeted it out. I wish I could remember. I, I really back what this person said. MLS need to mandate yeah. that DPs don't pull out just because of turf. Because you'll get other reasons, and there'll be other ways that they won't. Well, just travel, like just like they did with the All Star game. Yeah, they yeah. had Kamara, they had Legit, Cole played. Although I think that probably was a bad thing. Um, Carrasco played, so well, I, he's got an own goal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like they had a decent. They had a, they had a strong team. Yeah. But Carrasco was probably still playing for the Flanders. Mm. That win it moved Seattle temporarily into the playoff spots for the first time all season, but they are flying. They're unbeaten in nine, six straight wins, three of those with that mysterious clean sheets thing. Galaxy are now winless in four. Two of those, though, have been draws. Two massive games coming up for these teams this coming weekend. It's the LA Derby and it's the Cascadian Derby that doesn't involve us. So, interesting. And Portland's on a three-game losing streak too, I think. Yeah, we the, start the uh, timbers. Start yeah, the timbers are on a new streak thanks to us. Yeah. Three straight losses now. Outscored nine down the table. Outscored nine to two in those three games. Yeah, too. they're now sitting in sixth. Two first half goals from Diego Rubio and my man Johnny Russell getting a third in the 89th I think I said last, win last week's show right. Watch out for for Kansas City. Oh yeah. Ma- I've been saying it for weeks now. Namath coming in, man. Yeah. They're my, they're my preseason well, pick. Three for the straight MLS wins Cup. now for, for KC. Houston and RSL. Now, this was the nightmare result of the weekend. Yeah. And the it could have been all right, except late. It, oh, just it was looking up. great. Yeah. Houston getting into stoppage time. They're 1 now up at home. It was like the 100th minute? Yeah. Well, that was the winner, yeah. Bonnie Garcia had the 36th minute. Looked like the match winner. Then two goals in stoppage time from Albert Rusniak. Yeah. First one in the... the but a 93rd minute cracker. Got the ball on the edge of the box, took a lovely step inside and then fired at home. 1-1. One, one. And that would have been fine too. Yeah. <laughs> but they had the urgency. Right away they grabbed the ball. They sensed they could do more. And they got it in the 100th minute. But it was a little bit controversial for me. Did Sosido r- run into to Beasley? Beasley's knee was out. But I think Sosido knew... He was kind of on the way down as he ran into him. Yeah, I but think he did he, make contact. Yeah, there was contact, but he uh, he did definitely help the contact along. I think. But Ruznak then buried that penalty in the hundredth minute, tying it with Kaká for the latest goal in in MLS history. Kaká, Kaká. Ah, gutting result. Yeah, it was disappointing. RSL, they've only had one defeat in the last six. Only two wins in that, but yeah, they're getting points. They're still getting the points. And and they're on the rubble yep, plan. If you get one, <laughs> if you get one more point, then you start yeah. 
the weekend with. That's a that's a plus. But they're up to fourth. Yeah, Dallas. Uh, they, they were on a two game losing streak, mm. but they rebounded. Luckily, they played Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's wheels totally come off now, so we don't have to the, worry about them. Their new number ten uh, actually really ran the play in that one. I, I can't remember his name. The the one they acquired to replace Diaz. I don't remember his name. Sorry, mm. can't say it. But is it, he's essentially ran the play and they scored two yeah. goals. Are they, they, aren't and aren't, aren't, aren't the they all tens in Dallas for their their diving skills? I'll find out. With Today's that match, LAFC, 2-0 winners over Colorado. LAFC had been winless in five, but back-to-back wins now. So they've kind of turned a little bit of a corner, maybe. Lee Wynn, Diego Rossi, second-half goals. Former Whitecap Lee Nguyen. Yeah, five matches in 15 days for LAFC. And it's like Red Bulls as well has got, got that. The schedule's ridiculous. Yeah. You should not be having teams playing that many games in such a short period of time. I know there was the World Cup break, but it's it's ridiculous. Extend the season or something. Well, you got uh, we talk about the Red Bulls. They have five games in fourteen days. Mm. So this was their first of uh, Steve. How do you, how do you pronounce? I that? don't know. That's why I passed it to you. <laughs> Let's have a look. It's it's Pablo something. Pablito. Let's call him Pablito. <laughs> yeah. So this mysterious Dallas guy, <laughs> Pablo. It's Pablo Angrugu is Arangu's. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh so, you, so you did so well there. <laughs> <laughs> Your confidence was so high there. I was excited with Pablo. <laughs> I had Pablo. That <laughs> wasn't an issue. Pablito. No, but he he he. Uh, I saw the highlights. He he really like pushed the ball, and they were talking about him a lot in that thing. But the, and they had to go to VAR for their first goal. Yeah, but it was eventually given because yeah. Minnesota actually headed the ball to keep the guy the inside. Mickey Boxall. So the the last game of the weekend featuring a Western team, which we've kept to the end, was San Jose's one all draw with TFC. The team that destroyed Vancouver, who we haven't talked about that match yet. I don't think we will this episode. What? From now to time. But the Steve, team that de- Steve will give us a rundown next week. <laughs> the team that destroyed us on Wednesday could only take a point from the worst team in MLS. That has half the points Vancouver has. Yes. The we team totally, that we're about to go and play next. We totally Twice. wore them Twice, down. Yes. We wore them down, TFC, we yeah. did. Wando gets the equaliser. A dodgy, dodgy goal. Bono. I, I don't know. That second, uh, the chip and everything, that was a nice chip. Oh, it, the finish was nice, uh, but Bono spilled it. it yeah, he like, shouldn't have spilled it, but the thing is to stay on your run like that and then actually get the ball, chip it over at that pace. I thought it was pretty good. That's d- what d- a striker's d- supposed to do. Just well, to do my not all- very, <laughs> Some strikers don't do that. Just to do my almost was. weekly joke. I mean, Bono made the save, spilled it, tried to get it, but just couldn't find what he was looking for. Uh, yeah. And then Wando <laughs> with the equaliser. But yet the Caps are now playing San Jose. Home and away. They've got to take or six points. Home. I mean, I asked Robbo that. Is, is it must two win. must win games? Started off by saying yeah and then kind of fudged it a little bit. And they said we take one game at a time, Michael. Mm. But it's, you've got to take six points for that or the season is over. Yeah, but like I said, they were in a position where they had even points. Like They, they basically made up for all their points they lost at home uh, when they beat Portland. Yeah. So they they were on even terms for home like points. Then they gave two more they away. They gave two more away, so they got to make those up now at this point. M- Michael, it's, it's not over if they lose both of, or they don't get all six it's, points. There's no way. That In the words of Lenny Kravitz, it ain't over till it's over. It's, there's a fat lady, <laughs> but there's a fat lady outside here waiting to, to sing if they do not win these two games. Bella Emberg. She's outside. Who's that? Google it. I don't think I want to. Bella Emberg. Oh. Steve? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Famous British? English comedian. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I think she's probably dead now. 
What are you expecting from next week? From uh, San Jose, I think they they got to go for it at this point, and they will. Well, they have be, nothing to lose. They will be rested, so hopefully they're not as leggy as yeah. they normally have yeah. been. By go for it, you mean like sit back, soak up pressure, and no, score on the counter? Got to go for it. Got to attack. San Jose it's, has a dodgy it's back an away line match more than them, and then they just. What was go the, for what it. was the was New York right? New York away. Yeah. What was the score in that? Two 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 two. I think it'll be. I think ask I think, me another game. <laughs> two two. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, I was I was talking about New York like uh, Man City light away, but it, 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 I think you're right. It was two two. <laughs> uh, anyway, come on, no, get the headlines. I Steve, uh, as much as they'll be up for winning the match, I don't see the early stages being much different than absorbing and countering. No, I'm not expecting much. San Jose, they're playing for contracts. They've nothing to lose. I think they're going to go for it, and I think they're going to win two one. Really. Mm-hmm. Will, will Joe Dizzy tell us what he thinks this week? Hopefully. Okay. Playoff chances quickly. Sportsclubstats.com. I have no idea who they are. I just Googled it before I left, and that was the first page that came up. They've got the Whitecaps. 22.9% chance of making the playoffs. Is that higher than it was? Like That's down 1%. Oh. It's than I, than I think a different side had them like below 20. Yeah. RSL and the Galaxy are the nearest two teams at 54.4 and 54.5. And there's four teams over 90% to make the playoffs, including Portland because of their games in hand. And Seattle's at 75. So it's looking bleak as it is. Yeah. I Never don't mind. Buy, I don't buy. You can't have that many teams over 90% when everything's so clustered mm. together. Quick thing before we get to headlines. Are the Whitecaps, I'm going to ask you this every week, are the Whitecaps going to make the playoffs? I would say at this point, no. I'm going to say no. Do you understand the word quick? <laughs> Your wife does. Oh boy, that was uncalled for. Yes or no, Zach? Just uh, give us an answer. I hope for the coaching staff they make the playoffs. Okay. Anyway, now it's time for PC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories and links. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? Uh, a couple of follow-ups. Uh, again, this is including uh, involving sorry, uh, Nigeria and Ghana. Uh, FIFA gave at, at the beginning of the Is week. Is that a new country? Nigeria and Ghana? No, it's two separate countries. Oh. Uh, it's not Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so uh, Nigeria and, and, the, and both Nigeria and Ghana have been given uh, deadlines. Nigeria has been given till Monday to figure out who they're, th- to actually put in the actual elected president. I think it was Pinnock. And then uh, Ghana has been given till 27th to reverse the court order that would dissolve their uh, football association due to corruption. Um, later on, the, uh, the Ghana polit- politicians told FIFA that they, they're, uh, like to dissolve the FA was the only option, but then they kind of came to an agreement, uh, by the end of the week where they're going to back off and agreed for a committee to run the FA instead of dissolving it. And FIFA has agreed to help them get rid of corruption and other criminal activity inside the FA. So, uh, w- w- like, obviously this is a, a con- constant in the headlines for us. What do you guys do you think is going to be resolved or it's a good step forward for Ghana? I think they will they will resolve it because they know what the outcome's going to be if they don't. 
Um, another follow up that I just came out today, actually, and it'll probably be in BC Soccer Web headlines tomorrow. The uh, German FA uh, president has apologized to Meza Ozil. Um, oh, uh, for for the, the, I think he still thinks that it was wrong for him to take the picture with tur- uh, the Turkish president, but he feels like he should have supported him more. Um, he should have worded his uh, m- made his words more uh, kind of kind of worded him differently so that people didn't attack him as much and it didn't look like he was supporting these attacks on him. Yeah, I can't. I I got to read that one because I'm not sure if he's the one I'm thinking of who made like statements that were. St- Essentially racist. Yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not sure if it was the head of the DFB who did, or if it was one. I don't know, one but of the, the other guys. this person said he didn't. He he wished he didn't make Ozil feel like he was all alone in this. Right. He wished he supported him more, and he doesn't feel he was so responsible for what happened uh, with Germany in the World Cup. Um, in uh, uh, new news, uh, FIFA has defended, uh, uh, kind of is defending bans for people re- giving false information. That would tarnish reputations. Essentially, anybody who provides false information will be banned from football. So this is kind of... So this is our last show? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is kind of like stopping people from whistleblowing or something like that without proper back evidence to back them up, essentially. I think that's what they're trying to do. So you need evidence for yeah. something. Okay. And the word corruption... And a couple of things came up out of this too. The word corruption has been removed from their code of ethics. So the, I know. It's like... Um, uh, cases involving bribery, uh, misappropriation of funds, match fixing must be prosecuted within 10 years. I think that's for all the older people that don't want to be prosecuted anymore. Um, they've changed their, they said they changed their code of ethics to ensure more transparency, but they still won't allow, um, the media to interview the ethics judge or the new prosecutor, um, who were recently put in after Infantino, uh, abruptly removed the predecessors. Uh, just last year, um, and the, there's been so much criticism. The Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe has said in a report they've scrutinized the FIFA uh, governance, and they say Roas does not meet. He's the prosecutor. He doesn't meet the proper profile of a, a prosecutor. And the lawmakers are also saying that Infantino has removed independent officials who might have embarrassed him by doing their duty. So it's an interesting thing. They're kind of kind of changing their whole thing. Everybody was always complaining about Bladder, but Infantino seems to be doing some shady stuff as well. Yeah, I, they're just not going to shake this this reputation, and stuff like this just makes it even more murky. Yeah, another team that's been a f- uh, fined because of uh, transfers is Atletico Madrid this week. Um, they've been fined forty six thousand euro, uh, basically using third party influence on transfers. <laughs> Um, it's apparently from, they they didn't go into specifics, but they said it was from a couple of years ago about a youth soccer player who was brought in, um, through other means or whatever. They really, there was very little specifics. That amounts to dropping the ocean. It is, especially if the player did well for them. That's like MLS minimum wage contract. Yeah. Um, you should check out the site also, BC Soccer Web. I want to mention this. Um, if you're looking to look at options for either online or on television, um, uh, Bill Curry has done an excellent job of breaking down what's where you can get sites like if you want to watch South American uh, football, if you want to watch specific leagues in uh, in Europe. He's got a good breakdown of where to go in order to find some stuff. 
So I really recommend that. I think it was on the Friday. Legally as well. We yeah, legally. Uh, it was in Friday's headlines, just uh, below the international block. Um, in MLS and North American news, uh, Mark Wahlberg apparently has been interested in is interested in buying Columbus Crew SE. He recently just bought a business in Columbus. He's also opening um, his restaurant. I think it's called Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and his quote was actually, you know, what I what I would, my dear friend. Uh, uh, Bob Kraft, who is owner of the uh, Patriots and he owns the Revolution as well. Um, I have a bunch of people who are involved. I think that might be something we need to discuss. So maybe he's somebody that can do it. Yeah, I've, I've heard he feels the the crew are a funky bunch. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> On the negative side, though, <laughs> Austin Council has gone forward yeah. with approving a stadium for the MLS team. The vote Worrying. passed seven to four. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really concerning yeah. for hashtag Save the Crew. What, one council member actually from Austin went to Columbus and talked to the Save the Crew on her own dime um, and, and found out like to see what would happen if the team moved and everything. I think she voted against the You, you think? I think so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Omar, uh, Omar Salgado, a little bit in the news. Now, the headline is he's pursuing law dreams while playing with Lights FC, which is great for him. Uh, the quote is interesting, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it. He says, it didn't go well in Vancouver, but at the end of the day, it was my fault. He, he follows up and goes, yep. in Mexico, it was complicated. I played for probably the best team in the continent, and it was difficult minutes. Here, it's great. I really love the coaching staff. The, club is, the setup is good. What do you guys think about that Vancouver statement? I, oh, I never, I, He's never mentioned to, that, no, though, before. It's good to, to see him take ownership and admit it. Yeah. I, I think he has matured a lot since he's left. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know I've talking to a number of players who tried to speak truth and love into his life. And when he was younger, maybe Terry it, was hard, it was hard. No, it was harder for him. To, it was harder for him to hear it. Um, I think, yeah, he's learned some of those lessons, maybe the hard way. And yeah, you hope him well in this, this season, Las Vegas. And the next year he's going to be kind of like the, the poster boy for the, his hometown club there in El Paso. So you hope it goes well for him. Um, the hot dog industry will get a boost in Birmingham, Alabama, as Tommy Sowen has been named the Legion FC head coach. Now, when I saw this, when you sent it, I was like, I cannot believe he is going to be coaching VMSL Division 2, 13th Legion. Turns out it's not them. It's, I thought that was USL. too high a level for him. <laughs> it's in USL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some Surprised. Um, Steve Sanders still alive. <laughs> Steve Sander talked to some Canadian uh, uh, pros who are playing in different leagues and uh, t- about what they're looking forward to in the CPL. Now I'm not. Yeah, this was interesting. Th- th- there is a lot more quotes in there, so I'm going to try to summarize their stuff that they were trying to say. Uh, so the for for the most part, it, the players didn't seem to care where they had to play as long as the pay was right. Um, and for the most part, for them to travel was very little concern. The range of acceptable pay. It ranged from thirty five thousand to seventy five thousand. I think that depends on the where the player is coming from. So, is he, okay, if he's a lower USL player, he's probably on the thirty five thousand to a European player. Maybe he's looking at seventy five. Um, it was unanimous that they feel the contract should be guaranteed, especially f- for the season itself. Once the season starts, uh, they don't want to be waived or and a lot of them didn't want to be traded as well without like getting consent. Some, consent. consent exactly. The word is consent. Yeah, and. Um, uh, they, and they feel that would attract bigger names as well. Uh, and they, most of them were okay with option deals. They weren't that concerned about that. Other other concerns they had were salary cap numbers because I think the one, Dean Shellington, is that the Victoria owner? Yes. He mentioned in a uh, thing he would like the cap to be lower than a million. So they were concerned about that. 
Um, the standard of play, there were, there were some questions about that. The facilities, uh, for example, practice facilities, and how late they're leaving the player acquisitions because a lot of them want to sign um, with them, but they need to sign something where right now in order to play, uh, well, the yeah, season's going to overlap they, a little bit. The European season, they yeah. could sign to... Yeah, but how? Uh, this is the problem when your 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 league calendars at a different time. Yeah, these clubs can't. <laughs> these clubs, I don't think, can afford to sign players way in na- advance. Now, yeah, like they can sign them in January. Yeah. In January, they can sign them probably. I would assume. But well, yeah, because they're going to be ready to training camps and stuff like that. But again, that will leave them less options for players. Um, some other uh, uh, CPL news on the Clark Stadium in Edmonton. Um, oh, they yeah. are going to be some improvements, not the improvements that they're looking for. Uh, the seats can't be can't be expanded in time, but temporary bleachers can be brought in. Uh, 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 Tom Fath admitted that not all the the requirements are likely to be met in first year. They are expected improvements in the washrooms and concessions. Um, one of the council members mentioned that they could switch the downtown baseball stadium to a soccer stadium, and they mentioned how uh, Portland did it. Yeah, but the- so that's that's that might be an option, and it's downtown too, so you so- might get a better. Uh, uh, setting like in the central league. So a couple of things. One is I think part of the not being able to expand seats in time for April is like I don't think you have the window for construction at Edmonton is probably is probably pretty small between now and and the, the winter hitting and they probably can't get everything in order and that's why it won't happen right away. In terms of the baseball stadium, it's you can't compare that baseball stadium to PG Park. Yeah. Right? Like Michael, I, you went back in the day when it was a baseball stadium, right? Yeah. And, and I, I also saw the White Cats play PDL down in Tacoma in a baseball stadium that was horrendous. Exactly. It's, it's, so, but, but can't they expand the seating and then change it around and stuff like yeah, that? You can. You can but sight lines aren't great, but, I mean, you've, you see the New York City pitch at Yankee oh, Stadium. Oh, well, it's that's, like, that's, that's because they can't change that at all. That's got to be New York. That's the Yankees. Yeah, but the pitch... It's the, it's the well, no, they're saying make it a permanent soccer stadium, take baseball completely out of it. Yeah, oh. that's have, what they're talking about. You have to about. do major reservations yeah. to make it yeah. quality. They're like it won't be, well, it won't be, a, it won't but, be used for baseball at all. But Reno actually do a good job. I will oh, say they've done a. I've not either. I've just I've seen it and how they've configured it is really good. Yeah, I think it's the individual one, and this one to me doesn't look great. Like they have to do a lot of work. The other thing is usually at baseball uh, for baseball. Is the slope is is very low, and well, for I football think, you want slope. Yeah, like, but they'll they'll make those changes if they're going to change it to complete the soccer. Like there won't be baseball at all anymore. That's what no, I'm I know, to say. but I don't think the I don't think they're going to change every seat. Like yeah. what's already there, right? Um. So, uh, last thing, uh, one player who probably won't be playing in CPL uh, in the near future because he's doing so well in Europe. Ottawa born and raised Jonathan David um, is making a huge start in his career in Belgium. Um, essentially. In his first, he, he's come on as a sub in five games. Yeah. 66 minutes, he's gotten five goals. Um, unfortunately, today, I think it was his, probably his most. He played a whole, the whole second half. He didn't score at all today. But they still, the team still won. But uh, overall, great start for him. Yeah. And I think he's only 18. I think he was at the, the, the Toulouse tournament. Yeah. And he scored a goal there, too. So Just he, reminds me of the Bell and Sebastian song, Jonathan David. So have to yeah. dig that out. Oh, cool. Mm. You will. Mm-hmm. So that's headlines. Thanks, Steve. Awesome. Just a couple of things I'll just say just to wrap the show up. If you want some live soccer on Friday night, head up here to UBC, Thunderbird Stadium. Pre-season friendly. Usually I can't be bothered with such things, but UBC, Thunderbirds, SFU clan, always a fantastic game. A lot of great talent on display. XTSS Rovers guys. 
you've got a lot of ex or former Whitecaps guys that's going to be playing with UBC this year as well. They've got Tommy Gardner, they've got Patrick Metcalf, they've got Caden Chung, they've got Caleb Clark. UBC are building a fantastic team this year. It'll be a powerhouse. I think yeah. they're, they're hosting the final too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they're hosting yeah. the Nationals, so that's going to be a, a fantastic year for them. Also to point out that Bella Emberg died in January this year. So just in case anyone was wanting to know, I did show... Stephen Zack a picture off her that, there when you're listening on the podcast that won't make any sense because Michael will have edited that part out will I? I hope so oh. I had just some tweets to, to get through anyway Greg Petrie says at Ardham World any advice on how best to support the players while also hoping they lose all nine games in such <laughs> embarrassing fashion that it finally causes a complete firing of the front office it would be greatly appreciated I think there is going to be some people out there that are wanting the Caps to implode. Yeah. Someone did DM me after Saturday's match saying, burn them down, and it wasn't Seth Rollins. Excellent. Although he did well today. Thanks for spoiling that. I haven't seen that yet. Cheers. I said he did well. Well, that obviously means one thing. He's obviously won the Intercontinental title. No, I didn't see that. I hope Drew McIntyre did something. Anyway, Chris Corrigan, Sailor C86, uh reminded us that it was a bag of shirts that they lost in transit down San Jose, so the Caps had to borrow the shirts from supporters. That's what that was. No, but they Do mentioned... the blood came no, from? No, 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 I'm sorry. I, I misremembered that as well, but the the term blood spare came out of there, out of that game, because they said they always had extra jerseys and they called them blood spares. Ah. Yeah. North Van Steve said the whole Fresno fiasco is another baffling decision by the Caps just this year. One of many. It could be the, the only year they have them there, though, if that, that reserve yeah. team comes into place. Um, had a couple of folk commenting just on our bits on the south side thing there, so thanks to those guys as well. So anyway, thank you for staying with us until this time. But just before we do go this week, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary M. And I'm, uh, Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer. Listen out for the preview show. It should be hopefully Thursday this week. We'll see how that goes. Big weekend coming up for the Whitecaps. As I say, try and get out to the UBC clan game if you can on Friday. We will be back next Sunday. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E F F